Bobby, 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 quick. You, you Get to the lobby now. UPS are here. They're unloading. You'll never guess what they're unloading. They're unloading. Why? They look like, I don't know, like 16th century caskets or something. It's crazy. Come look at this. Oh, look, look at, at this. the beautiful maple. Look at the gold trimming on this bad oh, boy over I here. I can't believe it. Look at this. Why three? Hang on a minute. What's one in of there? Them's, one of them's opening. Oh, my God. It's... It's the Enigmatic Productions, boys. Whoa. They're here. Hi. Ouch. Hello. Uh, oh, a big stretch. Hello. Uh, That's a, great. It's a rather time. unusual entry, but... Uh, ha- How much it, did this it, cost to ship? It, 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 it was actually the quickest and cheapest way to get over here in this kind of situation. So. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, most comfortable. Not for me. Ow. the unofficial controller podcast your weekly gaming podcast episode 88 movies games and videos with me george and as always joined by bobby but this week is a very special episode we welcome three men we feel need no introduction but specialists in the fields of sound and vision creators of trash and treasure the seemingly immortal ones and stars of their youtube and twitch channels with shows such as enigmatic productions enigmatic play and the trash tapes available in all places we introduce harvey retro johan chapal and the man who's nowhere near Berlin, but always climaxes last, and that's a good thing. <laughs> legendary Greg Cummings. How's it going? Hello. Hello. Good, Hello. Good, good. What an intro. Oh, my that God. Was, that, was, that was incredible. Well, <laughs> that was something else. That's hilarious. Welcome that's to me. Hello, Bobby. It's good to well, be here. Welcome to New York. Thank you. It's my first time. Yeah, yeah mine well, too. We've cleared out the um, Halloween special Tom's sort of Mm-hmm. torture dungeon room uh i think we'll uh we'll get james to work experience boy it's child labor but we'll get him to drag your caskets down there so they can be arranged in the dark really <laughs> yeah good yeah, I, set it up. I set it up comfortably there too. You uh, have to be, you have to be good fine. it costs a fortune to build those things so uh excellent okay well mm-hmm. they've survived since the 16th century johan so let's hope they can survive a, a journey down a ladder uh in a in a smashed in the closet so that's um we will we'll welcome you here because you're here to do the we, you know, now that Zutamax Media and uh, El Buccio are paying the bills, we can wheel in some expert guests, and that's what we've done because we're looking at video games that have become movies. Now, new fans and old, they're probably going to wonder. Well, hang on a minute, George. We need a rundown of how the show's going to work out. Mm-hmm. So coming up, we've got some news. Oh yes, we've got some news in there is some lovely Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation news, as always. Then we've got the aforementioned meat of the show, the feature, which is going to be these three immortal ones, uh, enlightening us from Barry Norman style, about video games that became movies. Then they're going to prove that we aren't completely mental and we haven't been licking on DMT toads that we found in Tom's sock drawer all week. (laughs) Stingray (laughs) is a real human being. And he will drive up Fifth for Maine, and they will meet him for the first time, which will be a pretty lofty experience. I wonder how he'll present himself visually to them. And then the show ends when I ask everybody what they're hoping to play. (laughs) The show. It literally 
it really can't begin. Odders, grip that popcorn and that rather filthy-looking copy of Tomb Raider that you still got, matey, and uh, grab yourself a Kleenex as I ask these gentlemen <laughs> what you've been playing. Where do we start? I don't even know. How how does the trifecta arrange itself? Have you, have, do you play together? Obviously, during this pandemic, you've probably had to play separately. So yeah. on my screen, oh, what am I saying? Wash my mouth out. To my left, to my left. We'll leave it in. You know what? It's a little Easter egg for everybody. To my left <laughs> is Harvey, Mr. Retro. Tell me, what have you been playing video game-wise this week? I've been playing the uh, Telltale Batman for a while. I've been playing the second series of that, which is nowhere near as good as the first. The lore is kind of all over the place. Mm. And they've just kind of done some weird things with Joker and Harley and stuff like that. And I just, I was really loving the first uh, series and just like f- flew through that one. And the second one, I've just got stuck on... Well, not stuck. I've just kind of left episode three and just kind of... I'll come back to it. You know, it's one of those. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I felt the same way. Yeah. I haven't... Uh, oh, I've got some confessions coming up. Dirty confessions, which I feel in your in your presence, I, I might be able to have some sort of... Ex, maybe do a pact with some black magic and get excommunicated. Okay. Uh, next. Um, probably to my right the way my screen's arranged. Greg, what games have you been playing, friend? So a couple. Um, I've been playing mainly Cyberpunk 2077 on PlayStation because um, apparently I like taking the mick out of the games that I'm playing. So uh, mm. I've been spending a lot of time on that, trying to get make my way through it and just trying to ignore all the game-breaking glitches that have been thrown my way. Um, oh, that's a shame. It's. Uh, I hear you've had a pretty solid run through it. And you've I felt like I was having a next-gen experience, Greg, I have to admit, but uh, it sounds like I was very lucky. Uh, maybe CD Projekt Red had just sort of shuffled down the pipe the, the very special version just for me. I don't know. but uh, Possibly. Possibly. It is, it is possible. So, yeah, I've been playing that on PlayStation. I've been playing some uh, Undertale and Tomb Raider Last Revelations on the Vita. Okay, nice. yeah. And I've also been playing some Mario Odyssey on the Switch, gentlemen. Pause, now, pause. Mention of Vita. Vita is life. Okay. Vita. Vita that, first, yeah? T- Tomb Raider, is that a PlayStation 1 classic you've been playing? It is indeed. How does yeah. that hold up there? It actually holds up pretty well. Now, the only issue with most Vitas is the lack of an L2 or a substantial L2 and R2 button, mm. which in this game is kind of necessary because it's, uh, you, you know, you, you sprint is on the R2. Um, and does it use the under crouches on the L2? Yeah, so you do, you do need grips, you do need like the uh, ex- accessories for it. Have you got um, the Hori grip for it or I a copy of No, I can't find because I've got a 2000 model and I can't find a decent uh 2000 model grip for my Vita. So mm. if anyone's listening, if anyone knows anywhere, stick them in the Discord and I'll happily look it up. Because okay, I'm all right. Well, I've got, a, I've got a Model <laughs> 1000 grip that was game-changing for me, but uh, yeah, before we get distracted with a console that Sony have called dead, not that undead, <laughs> gentlemen, is, is, is a bad thing, because <laughs> wait till you hear what Ramel I've been playing. Um, next, out of the Immortal Trio, Johan, what, what have you been playing, sir? 
I've been playing a lot of smaller games, actually, um, mostly because um, I, I think I think my memory span has kind of just gone shrunk and shrunk even more so ever since we have been confined into our isolation stations. But um, <laughs> I will say that I have been recently playing, because it's just come out and it's a game I'm very excited for because I remember playing this 10 years ago and it's finally out. So I've been playing Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fantastic. I have been, I've just been, I, just, I bought that recently. I've been playing that and it's fun, but it's really hard in with only one person. And it's kind of mm. sad that I don't have any friends. So um, <laughs> I can't do it any, I can't play with more than that. I've also been playing, um, um, a couple of things as well, because I do on Wednesdays, I do a wind down Wednesday on the Twitch. Yes. So I, I played a little bit of Stardew Valley again, because that's fun, uh, playing a little bit of Stardew Valley. And I've got, uh, I've, been, I've also been playing something that's more like an old school point and clickish thing. Um, and also kind of like a text adventure, which is called um, The Stories Untold. I've been playing that recently as well. Oh, what's this, what format's mm-hmm. that on? Um, I've been playing that on the I've been playing that on the PlayStation Four, and what's very interesting about it, it's like episodic, but each one's done differently. So the first game is entirely like old school text adventure, and then the second one's point and click. The first third one's like first person, and the fourth one's like an amalgamation of all four. And oh, it's wow. really, really kind of fun and quirky and weird. It's like it's like it's almost like a lost TV series from the eighties. Wow! But you're playing through it. It was a lot of fun. Let me let me throw. If I may be so bold, a recommendation onto the Chill Out Wednesdays pile. Yes. It is uh, Read Only Memories 2064. Oh, okay. That's like a, a point and click adventure, but it is very, very, it's, it's relatively new. And some of the bits of it are very on the nose. It's, it's PG, it's appropriate, but it's, uh, it, it's very, very good. The way it's drawn, the way it's written, the way it's done, it's, it's, it's very sort of. I'm surprised it didn't get brought into your cyberpunk preparation event, but mm. yeah, it's yeah, it's good. It's like Snatcher or something like that, but Ooh, done with a, okay. a modern vein, with a bit tongue in cheek. You may find if you've been subscribed to PS Plus long enough, you got it as a as a free game. So check back through if you added it to library, Bobby. Mm. Um, if that's is that it, Johan? Yeah, that's all of it. Yeah, yeah, you're all done and dusted. Well, let's. Uh, Let's switch around to the Irish beef <laughs> number two, because obviously C. Pliskin has that mantle. What? Uh, I'm in the same boat with Greg playing Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, hang on a minute. I think I feel like I do feel like the uh, the Enigmatic Productions boys are eyeing our necks. One would imagine we should have organised some blood for them in case they get thirsty mid-show. They're probably going to absolutely savages. And, and well, we have that weird stuff in the tub that we never got rid of from Tom. Yes, that that red congealed thing that we could never play. So, yes, I mean, absolutely. Might as well Plus, try it out. To be fair, we could wheel in James the work experience boy, put him on some plasma, and they could just suck him. That sounds foul. Well, he's blind. Yeah, so he has no <laughs> idea. It's fine. I've 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 got I've got a big can of tom- of of tomato juice just to alternate for now, so it's fine. Okay, that's like a nicotine patch for a vampire. I love it, a hundred percent. Right before ah, so Bobby, tell us, tell me everything. So I'm having some graphical issues, and I even tried to do what you what you and Adam recommended to like turn everything off. Nothing's changed. So sometimes let me, I go let me to a interject character. It. The only mm-hmm. thing I turned off was film grain. 
yeah. and every I was playing it in a really early state where every time you reloaded the game, so you finished playing, it cancelled all of your settings back to their original mm-hmm. settings. So sometimes it did turn them off and sometimes it didn't. But I didn't really have... I've seen the screenshots mm-hmm. of you playing PS1 Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful that they've made it fit on every system you can imagine. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm not playing it on the washing machine when I'm putting the dishwasher I mean, on or whatever. In all honesty, I went to a character and it loaded the textures from the PS1 to the PS5 era in a, in a 10 second clip. <laughs> So it was unbelievable, and I tried, and I forgot to. Rec- I think I'm, I think I recorded an hour of footage. So I'm gonna look and try to find it because it was unbelievable. So, other than that, those glitches I'm having is it not really glitches? It's more texture issues. Like everything's been going smooth. Every now and then, like a car would explode next to me for some reason, but like like Mafia Three. But yeah, uh, we've all been yeah, we've all yeah. been there with Cyberpunk. That's like it's just boom, like oh yeah. wow, car blew up. But other than that, though, the game has been fantastic. I just wish it would like. And I stopped using the motorcycle. I use the car now because I feel with the car, it's less uh, like, you know, the texture comes in better, which is, you know, it's dumb, but I have to play that way. But (laughs) I actually like the lack of, um, I mean, again, I I drove around very sedentary. I took my time. I chewed on the scenery. I, I, I literally role played my character. So it was very, very slow and methodical. Yeah, I'm role playing too. You know what I do? What I do is I pretend I'm getting hacked when I have a glitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. So I'm like, I'm, I'm hacking, I'm getting hacked. So that, for me, that's perfect. So I'm playing that and then still playing Marvel's Avengers, one brother. It's not bad. It's just getting a little, a little bit boring now because you have to fight the same bosses, the same two bosses every all the mm. time. You know, they have a whole roster. They could add something mm. else. How do they get away? At the end, if you beat them up, then you see them in in like literally twenty minutes time. Clones. That's of how course. they get away with it. <laughs> clones. Why didn't clones I think and, of that? Clones and robots. That's all you really do. That's that's the future of this show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it's my turn in the hot seat. I better turn the lamp on to myself and blink in the blinding light as I sweat under the idea that as a modern gaming show host, I should be playing. I've got demon souls sat rotting on the shelf. No, no, I don't want any of that. No, I don't want any of that. Sack boy. Never been opened. No, no. <laughs> Take that away from me. Flush it down the toilet. Valhalla half finished. No, I'm not even interested in that. Wheel in the PlayStation 3, friend. Bring it in. It's back. It's alive and kicking sort of. Um, mm. It seems the original launch PlayStation, I know. Sing it, sing it story. I did buy a replacement. This is... It stretched me a bit thin this month, I have to admit. Uh, El Buccio obviously pays. He's paying. I don't think I'm going to get paid this month because you four will get paid. Tom gets paid <laughs> from Rikers Island and I'm mm-hmm. going to get paid. Well, James the Worker Experience, said he, uh, Experience Boy said he'd give me a couple of white mice out of his sweetie bag just to uh-huh. keep my calorific yeah. content up. Yeah. Um, and then Big Rick's getting a small percentage too now, apparently. I tell you. Because we said his name Big more Rick's than 100 getting... times. So every time we say his name, we get this percentage. We've got to stop saying his name. I okay. kind of feel like you guys need to have some kind of contract negotiation. I'm not sure it's, it's entirely all fair, but still. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, I agree. I, I prefer being, I perform better when I'm the underdog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pressure. Yeah, it, it, it really is. So I've been, uh, so that came back. A, a gentleman has, has refurbed it, but it still has issues on Last of Us and it has issues on Uncharted 3. But seemingly, 
Naughty Dog stressed the PlayStation 3s in a certain way that this would have happened even if it was brand new out of the box. So I've been living with it. Every other game I could play all day, every day, never turn it off. This guy's de-lidded it and done all the thermal paste and it, it never cracks the fans above 10%. So for a PlayStation 3, it's a damn miracle. Beautiful. If I could remember his name, next week I'll give him a pop. Um, but for now, we'll just have to call him that Welsh gentleman, Matt. Um, so I've been playing Batman Arkham Asylum on PS3. Um, with my SSD in the PlayStation 3, the textures load, loads quicker, and it's almost like playing the sort of the rehashed version of it. it it's not how I remember it. It's, it's so much more solid. And if anyone, I've said this a million times, but if anyone's got a PlayStation 3 and doesn't have an SSD in it, you're missing out. Uh, Uncharted 3 I've played. Last of Us, I just haven't been able to stop playing. It just reminded me what a wonderful experience that game is. Um, What else have I been playing? Literally. Oh, because I'm a man of my word, one of my New Year's resolutions was to start and have a playthrough of Persona 5. I've got Persona 5 Royale Edition. And and I'm probably 50% of the way through the first palace, as they call it. What a fantastic, what a fantastic experience. It's so slick, the way the the loading's hidden and you go from encounter to encounter and the music. I mean, let's face it, a million podcast hosts have cut their teeth saying Persona's amazing. So I might as well throw my canines on the pile. It's amazing. Uh, It's it's an acquired taste living the life of a Japanese high school student, but... (laughs) It is. Yeah. It's hard, work. It's hard work. It is hard work. I can't really identify, but uh, it, it's fascinating, to be well, fair. The same way with Zombie, uh, with Lollipop Chainsaw. Oh, you yeah. I was just hopping around in skirt, like, all right, I could do that, I guess. <laughs> to be fair, I think you should wear whatever the main character's wearing in the game that you play as. Although, you, although, if that's the case, Greg's no. going to have to sort of fashion some very square bra and uh, shorts to wear to match his PlayStation 1 counterpart. Exactly, and obviously make sure that nothing's clipping out as well in places, you know. Uh, we don't want any of that going on. <laughs> I, I, if you could make it so it did clip out, that would be fascinating. You know, if don't. I could, like, get you closer to a wall and it's sort of clipped transparent, I mean... Please don't. <laughs> probably see... You know when characters... are Some of the most hideous things I've ever seen is when in-game characters' faces sort of invert... And you just oh, kind of see yeah. these teeth. And, and eyeballs. And, and eyeballs. Eyeball, yeah. I tell yeah. you one glitch you did have in Cyberpunk. You're on a Worst. mission with Pan Am. If you guys yeah. met Pan Am, it's not too much <laughs> yes. of a spoiler, one would hope. And you end up uh, helping her out. And you go on a mission with her into like a cave. And she's driving and you're in the passenger seat. And I died the first time. And then it reloaded me in Pan Am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was Amazing. a passenger in her body. I had the exact same Wow. <laughs> and I kept telling myself... I want to die on purpose now if I could do this too. I know people make excuses for games, but we, um, you know Altered Carbon where you're reloading their stack? I was like, oh yeah, yes. this, is, this is just I've reloaded in Pan Am's stack. <laughs> uh, except her grotesque sort of doll eyes just rotated round in front of me and its jaw was just like... Ah, ah, ah. And I was like, oh God, please. Let me clear this section first time next time. And I died again. It was like, here we go for that car journey again. Hideous, horrifying, <laughs> like a David David Cronenberg movie or something. It, it, oof, it was like living in one. If that had been <laughs> VR, I think. Oh I, my god! I don't know I what. Fell I would have fell out. Oh, sorry, fucking VR would be the most terrifying thing if they oh. kept all the glitches in. Yeah, oh, oh, no. I would pay oh, for no. that. That would be all part of it. <laughs> I think one would imagine. Be, 
Oh. I think there should be a moment in like if you I think when Cyberpunk finally gets fixed, I don't know, in like 10 years, um, it there should be a mode that should be you can click on it just called bug mode. So if you wanted to play with all the bugs in, you have the choice to just to relive those horrifying moments of being in someone's person or drive know. or driving a motorcycle like happened with me on the beside the motorcycle in like an invisible sidecar. Those are my favorite. <laughs> oh wow. Just call it just call it vanilla mode. Yeah, yeah. Don't download yeah. any patches. Vanilla edition. Just go for it. it. Just completely underwrite, overwrite any patches that have been put into the game, and just play the original. I'd like to see the same thing with No Man's Sky as well. Just to go back and go, oh, why the hell did I buy this? I just, I, just, just for nostalgia. Maybe? I will tell you one thing. I loved that game in its vanilla form. I, I absolutely loved No Man's Sky as it was, fresh out the box. It, to me, it was all about the solitude and. In the original game, just getting off the planet was tough. But now there's like yeah. materials everywhere. You're up in your ship in seconds. It's it's not quite the same. So, yeah, that's uh, again cutting edge show as we are. There's me talking about <laughs> ten year old game and a four year old game. Got to get with me. the times. You can blame yeah. me for that one. Don't you worry. Here's a show. Our show probably, if it was going to get an, uh, a bug free glitch, I would get removed and replaced by Matthew McConaughey or something. Uh, that would be news you would imagine. Coming up, the news. We scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, uh, Bobby, I would say you're normally first newsman. Right. There's a little bit of a, well, there was a little bit of a theme until I ran out of ideas that tied it into magic headlines, but you know how it is. Now you see it, now you don't. While it's been a dismal start of uh, a dismal start to the year for PlayStation News, we at least had a Sony Snizzle trailer from CES 2021. To exhaust our collective editorial effort on, in it the platform holder included some small print, which inc- which included target dates for tons of titles, including Pragmata and Kenya Bridge of Spirits. While we don't expect any intended windows to stick, it was interesting to know what kind of schedule developers had attached to the projects. The platform holder must have gotten a few dissatisfied dissatisfied calls the next day. However. As his YouTube upload of the same trailer was removed, all the target dates from the end of the clip uh, were changed. So what does this mean? Well, nothing. Uh, the dates were always just internal targets. And while they could have been taken as an indication of roughly when to expect the games, they were never intended as confirmation. What do you let me let me throw the uh, let me throw that out to you, men. I mean, obviously, 2021 is going to be the year of the slippage. More than likely, because teams can't get in their offices and do all their things. Mm. Sony, pulling, putting the dates up, then pulling them down? Are we going to lose sleep over that? Or I mean, we don't even know what games we've got coming out in 2021. I can see this being a PlayStation 3 podcast before the end of March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Quite yeah. true, yeah. Um, I think partially with the date thing, I think people are starting to learn now, maybe, is that you should not put a date on it if you don't know if the game is going to be complete. I think we've learned that from uh-huh. Cyberpunk and a few other games as well, where they put, a, they put a date on and then the hype builds up for that date. And then when it doesn't happen, it's either a delay or becomes a problem or becomes a buggy mess. So I think this might be a response in a weird way of hopefully leading into like no let's not put confirmed dates until the game or whatever it is is pretty much solid i'm hoping mm. that's the case that's yeah, a very uh, insightful uh, mm-hmm. no it makes sense that's that's what you expect from a 400 year old uh, 
man of night? I learn. It's, it's, it takes a long time to mm-hmm. learn, but I've learned. <laughs> uh, Greg, what's your thoughts? I agree. I mean, I think, to be honest, after the whole, uh, I don't know, going back to the whole fiasco with Cyberpunk and their release and keep having to push the game back and push the game back, that it's probably just a response to that and thinking that we don't want to put out any sort of dates or allude to any dates. If the game is not going to be ready, they probably just don't want to put themselves in the same shoes as what CD Projekt Red faced. Yeah. Mm. So it's just sort of uh, trying to cover their own backsides and not give out too much information until uh, they think that they're in a place where the game starts to come together and it's going through alpha testing, etc., etc. And uh, then they're actually in a place where they can say, right, this game is coming out on this date. And I think uh, the whole, after the whole fiasco with CD Projekt Red, they're probably just realizing that, oh, uh, we don't want that to be us. Yeah. Mm. Harvey feels your pain. I think that uh, he used to hang around with Mozart and is still waiting for that unfinished symphony because obviously he was immortal. He passed away. And Harvey's still like, well, you know, any time now. <laughs> we get to see it in Vienna live. I'll Beethoven let him down. Um, any thoughts on that, Harvey? Not on Beethoven, obviously. I don't want to bring up a bring up an old dig up an old wound or anything, but uh, mm. delayed <laughs> games in general. Personally, I've never had a problem with delays. I've never been one of these that's like anxious of like, oh, I've, I've got to have it now. I've got to have it. I want it to be perfect, and I'll just put up with it if it gets delayed. I, I don't mind whatsoever. Um, just one of those people. I don't get anxious about it. Yeah. So take as long as you like, and but like Johan say, I don't think you should actually put a specific date, like January '05, like, yeah. and they actually put a number on it, don't they? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just don't think that it should be done. The thing is, yeah. do you remember? Do you remember back in the day? You know, when you back say the PlayStation Two, even the PlayStation Three days. Do you remember when games just used to come out and they just worked? Like from the word go, games just worked. Yeah. We're no longer going to play. We're no longer in, in in that kind of place now with. You know, games as a service, uh, any sort of live games, you know, updates constantly, day one patches, all that. You know, for me, I I agree with uh, I agree with uh, Mr. Edward Harvey. I don't think there is any anything wrong with delaying a game. If yeah, hundred percent. Right. If that game is not perfect, then or if it's not any, you know, okay, there's no such thing as a perfect game. But if that game isn't at a, in a playable state or is not something that you can enjoy, then don't release it. Make sure it's right. We won't mind, but probably a good thing not giving us any dates just so because there's always going to be the fanboys out there who are going hang on you told us this date it's now this date where's our ruddy game you know so we'll see you in court do you think online patches and updates has given developers a little bit of a get our jail free card yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah Yeah. Yeah. Mm. definitely definitely uh the development and the uh, advancement of the technology is if anything has made them a little bit more lazy because they can release it. They can get their paycheck a lot quicker, and they can worry about, uh, you know, fixing their game at a later date. Or if you're Bethesda, letting the mods do that and the player and the and the fan base yeah. do that for them. Yeah, and some games don't even get patched. They just okay, it's broken, and they don't want to fix it. So some games worried. might just come with a crayoned picture at JPEG of a dog that someone's done, and the patch will sort it. You know, get it go go gold now with a picture of a dog, and then come mm-hmm. the 1st of February, the patch will download. No one, no one plays offline anyway. Um, but people do. So can you imagine <laughs> a myriad of games that people have bought over the last 12 to 18 months that if they didn't have online, this game would just be... I would say... Really playable. 70% of the games released 
would be unplayable for some people without internet. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Some games, some missions don't even start or missions don't track and then you can't even get to the next mission because, oh, it's broken, we need a patch. So that ki- these kids can't play because there's an internet. It's ridiculous, really. Mm. Okay, well, next bit of news. Um, the third and final bit of news, Greg, is, is, quite the, is quite the mouth, is quite the, you know, it's a, it's a long old dump of information there. So would you like to take the second piece of news? Of course, yeah. <clears throat> so something up with Xbox's sleeve. So <laughs> Microsoft caused quite the fuss in the gaming community yesterday by publishing a list of 30, or nearly 30, console launch exclusives that are coming to Xbox in 2021. It's like Adios. Is it Adios? Adios? Mm-hmm. The Artful Escape. You say Adios, I say Adidas. Someone else says Odios. It doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> doesn't matter. Moving on. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, so Dead, Static Drive, XO1, and Halo Infinite, to name a few. But these sound like the, just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. The original article makes reference to having so much more in store. And on the message board, res, uh, reset. <laughs> well, they call themselves words, Reset Era if you frequent reset, the place. Reset Era yesterday. Dice developer, hey, Angel. I'm so glad you gave me this article, George. <laughs> Kavazov, <laughs> You'll breathe a sigh of relief when you get to the third piece of news. Mm. <laughs> there are. Fair enough. Uh, quite a few things that are not yet announced. We're not sure how this developer in particular knows these details, but Microsoft has briefly hinted on numerous occasions that surprises are in store for Xbox in 2021, so we're definitely excited to learn more. In mm. your, I do believe it was in your top five games of the last generation video, you said that you were quite excited to... There were a few things on the, on the Xbox team's horizon that had you excited. Obviously... Yeah, uh, yeah, a few titles cool. there that are quite exciting to me. Um, there was. You're absolutely right. Again, not Halo Infinite, but um, no, not Craig, <laughs> not, not Craig. Uh, but you know, um, you know, think titles like uh, new IPs like Scorn. Like, have you seen? Have you seen the uh, gameplay of Scorn? Is this mm. one that you gentlemen are familiar with? I've seen trailers, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, no. I mean, it's been it's been it's been going for some it's been going for some time. It's like a it's. It, I mean, the game it just looks absolutely disgusting. But it's you know it's uh, it's definitely right up my alley. It's more it's a first person shooter. It's the kind of genre that introduced me into the medium in the first place. Yeah, and it's uh, it's, it's sort of like your weapons are sort of made from body parts. I, I know I'm doing a great job of selling mm. it to people, but yeah, it kind of reminds me of like a a really high res version of. I know we've got the Prey reboot, but the Prey, the original Prey that came out in sort of 2008. 2006. Had, 2006. Xbox, oh, yes. my goodness. Yeah. I've been fact-checked. Look at me now, the shame. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the uh, 2006. <laughs> uh, I'll just leave. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Here. Here's the keys to my side of the flat. I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm just gonna wait quietly in the back for Stingray to rock up. But yeah, it had um, quite gross levels, didn't it? With like yeah. um, buttholes that were doors, and you yeah. know, you picked up these different weapons. I always got that vibe from Scorn, but obviously a really high def version of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and there's a, like I say, there's a few other IPs as well that stuck out. That you know, again, brand new IPs from new studios. Um, that really stuck out. I, I struggled to think some of the names off the top of my head, but as well as that, there's the new Hellblade as well, yeah. Ninja mm. Theory, which looks incredible. And I've, like I said, I don't own an Xbox. I don't. I, I, I mean, I, I don't really have any sort of a decent PC to play uh, P- 
PC games on. So I've, I don't really play an awful lot of things from Microsoft, but I've watched that. I've watched that trailer from the new Hellblade. Goodness knows how many times in the last twelve months. And mm-hmm. if there's one game that's going to probably make me buy, probably the Xbox Series S, then that would mm-hmm. be the one. I think that's Xbox the entry. Series yeah, I would do a Series S too. Phil Spencer owes me money. I think we've propped the Xbox Series S every episode in the new year. So that's that's three for three now, mm-hmm. I believe. So smashing it out of the park, big Phil. Maybe if you could send that money to old boot show contractually so I could maybe get like two or three percent of what's left after even Big Rick. There you go. Get a pay rise, Big Rick. We said your name again. Uh he's had more than his share. Uh okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm quite excited by the fact that they've they've gone brave. They've thrown a smorgasbord of titles out there and they've Still got a couple more things behind the bar just in case people aren't satiated enough. I think that's uh, it speaks quite a lot to the development studios they've purchased and have got working on projects, some yet unannounced. So, yeah, interesting. Last bit Mm. of news, Mean and Green. Earlier this week, Nintendo gave fans a two-minute look at the new Browser's Fury add-on for the Switch version of Super Mario 3D World. Since then, we've all been wondering why Bowser is so mad. Nintendo UK's website has now revealed how he's actually being tainted by a mysterious black goop, uh, which requires Mario and his unlikely companion Bowser Jr. to travel across a series of islands on Lake Lapcat. Together, they must collect the cat shrines, harness the power of them, and stop this new terrifying form of Bowser. Something bad has happened to Bowser. He's been tainted by a mysterious black goop, turning him into a humongous monster bent on total destruction. <laughs> Uh, 2006 called, I want my teeth back. It's up to Mario, <laughs> an unlikely companion, to travel across a series of islands on a lake lap cat, collecting the mysterious cat shrines by completing different platforming challenges and harness their power to stop their terrifying fury Bowser. With his papa transformed, Bowser Jr.'s only hope is to save his dad lies with his greatest enemy. Piloting his Cooper clown car, the young prince joins Mario on his quest, copying all of his moves, helping him take out of enemies and uncovering power-ups and other secrets that will help you out. Pass a Joy-Con to a friend and play in local co-op with one player taking control of the little type directly to assist in your hunt for the cat shrines. Really ought to be doing this in Bada Bingster's voice, but uh, as you play through this add-on content, you'll need to keep an eye on the fury sun. When the weather changes, you'd better watch out. As you search high and low for cat shrines, the evil-looking fury sun will slowly rise out of the lake near the island that you're currently on. When the weather suddenly changes from sun, sunny to stormy, it's time to get moving on as Fury Bowser's almost there. Once he emerges from the Fury Sun, he'll summon meteors from the sky and fire devastating fiery beams at you to take cover. If you've collected all the cat shines, you're able to take on Bowser as Giga Cat Mario. While you can wait out the devastation, you, you aren't entirely helpless. If you've collected five cat shines on an island, it's time to activate the awesome power of the Giga Bell. This gargantuan Super Bell transforms Mario into Giga Cat Mario, meaning he can transform Fury Bowser into a full, uh, truly titanic tussle. Defeat Fury Bowser in your massive feline form, and he'll be sent flying back into the water. Unlocking new islands for you to explore. Don't spend too long celebrating your victory, as he'll be back. I'm beginning to wonder if that's actually the news, or whether I wrote that after consuming a piece of what I thought was in date cheese. He's actually gone off cheese on Tom's segmented offside of the fridge that he warned me not to eat from. I presume it was cheese. Could have been some sort of congealed something else. I don't know. It, it sustained my mortal form for long enough to write that mouthful <laughs> of drivel. Uh, yeah, Nintendo. You know Where are they at, boys? Have you got switches? I, I do. don't, but uh, Greg does. I do, yeah. 
Uh, I got a Switch last year, and to be honest with you, it's not really been until the last, ooh, probably the last couple of months that I've actually got games to play on it because I've just been so busy on PlayStation. But yeah, no, I own a Switch. Um, I'm currently playing through Mario Odyssey. Mario Odyssey. Um, yeah. Got that in sale. What a masterpiece. I don't know. Have you played it? I haven't, but I, I haven't it played it. Oh, it's a masterpiece. It, it's, it's, it's so good. It's like basically the... It's what should have been the sequel to uh, Super Mario 64. It's it's just awesome. It's just fun. It's just pure fun. It makes absolute no sense. It's complete nonsense, like all good Mm. Mario games Mm -hmm. do. Perfect. Uh, Capid, psychic, brilliant. Uh, But yeah, I could just play that. I'm loving that game. (laughs) What about the, uh, what I presume, Super Mario 3D World, which is another spat out Wii U release that they've cannibalized and... Uh, mm-hmm. trotted out like some sort of aged I don't know Bollywood star I suppose have just sort of <laughs> cranked that last little bit of money out of it before it shuffles <laughs> off the mortal coil uh, yeah I've not, I've not I've not I've not made that purchase yet but it's uh, it's certainly on the list it's certainly on the list well you know one thing you got to look forward to is you not be long before you can be Giga Cat Mario so uh, fingers crossed for that this is a weird thing looking at the synopsis of this that you described because I've seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the trailer. I really like, I re- I've always liked the look of Mario games because they're kind of adorable and they're kind of just, they fit right. They just, they just look good aesthetically. But if you did not know what Mario was, you'd have no idea what it looked like and you describe that to me, it would probably have been a big, been one of my giant piles of horrible VHS tapes you find on the trash tapes. It sounds <laughs> ridiculous. The idea is like, first, you've got a, you've got a dinosaur, but this dinosaur becomes really big at night and then you get a, you have to sort out a bell thing that turns you into a giant cat to fight it. It's like an old school Japanese kaiju movie. Mm-hmm. Um, all done in with a mustachioed Italian plumber, which sounds perfect to me. Um, but I don't know. I feel I, I love how the Mario <laughs> games are just down. They don't. They, the story is basically non-existent in a weird way, but they that allows them to do absolutely bonkers things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the only <laughs> character that you could do anything with, and people will play it no matter what. Any sport as well, anything. Yep. I mean, Mario knows everything. He, he, he's in so many games that I'm surprised he has been put in. Well, technically, their version of a survival horror would have been Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, so he, yes. He's in there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Perfect. It's again, unbelievable. That's, again, that's another great game. Yeah, it is. That's, that's awesome. I, I really, really things. recommend that. Oh, you that played one. that, Bobby, didn't you? you were... Yeah, it's cool. Me and Eva played it. Yeah, it was nice. Nice. Okay. Well, that's. I'm looking in the bottom of the news bag. It's empty. Well, there's half a what's in there, but I don't think that really constitutes as news. So I've got to ask, did we miss anything? Let's face it. There's probably loads of news we missed. But do you have an opinion or take on the news we missed? If so, uh, Bobby, how would the collected masses get in contact with me and say, no, George, that wasn't a cheese fever dream. And I don't think that was cheese. Tom always labels his cheese. If it was an unlabeled (laughs) white block, you probably best not ask. How would they get in contact and let me know that that's, you know, where we're at? They can contact us uh, at Twitter or on Instagram at Unofficial Controller Podcast, or they can uh, send an email at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com or come join the Discord the Discord, and ask us something over there. Wait, let me ask you one question. Okay. Yeah. Now, 
We're in the presence of three immortal vampires that have used their age and experience to invest in certain shares and stock holdings to accumulate what can only be described as an unrivaled wealth. They've steered the world through almost like puppets, like marionettes. We've danced their dance. (laughs) And they surely would imagine that they would that we would charge for this discord service mm-hmm. everyone to get together ask questions for the show all of that surely al Buccio at this point is screaming there must be a charge how much is the discord it's free oh my what? god yeah it's wow. absolutely free yeah well talking of discords talking of let's give them a moment to to pop their end of the bargain the whole plethora of offerings mm-hmm. at Enigmatic Productions. I don't know which one of the immortal ones wants to pick up the baton, but I shall throw it down. Uh, don't fight for it all at once, gentlemen, but uh, <laughs> here, here's your chance to steer everybody to your, I believe, because you've made so much wealth investing in mm. vaccine companies. The COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> saw this coming 400 years ago. Okay. <laughs> We survived the smallpox and the black plague and everything else. We're fine. Yeah. From small ripples. <laughs> this is how these things happen. So please yeah. point everyone in the direction. Where can they find you? First of all, there's the uh, podcast, the trash tapes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. so that's, that, that's, that's, that's my branch of the business. Um, so yeah. Um, if you want to find the trash tapes, we basically just do reviews of, famous bad cult movies and ironically on the day of recording this uh we've just launched a new episode uh because it is we did join the monarch and it's actually in date movie so in other words uh join the monarch day is actually 17th of january 2021 it was in the movie we've launched it at exactly the same time which is so easter egg on the dot I'm wow perfect um if you want to listen to ed and i uh ramble on about terrible terrible movies um, you can find, first of all, you can find our audio podcast, which is available on every sort of um, uh, uh, podcast platform. So things like Spotify, you can find yourself on Apple, anything else you can find platform, just time the trash tapes and we'll, and you'll find us there. And we also have a YouTube channel where we kind of sometimes put old episodes up on there, but also we do videos where I sometimes just throw ed and vice versa weird stuff we find on the internet and it's kind of funny to see their to see especially ed's reaction to some of them oh, they yeah. are quite special the yeah, it's pretty pretty special the mm. monic of the undead harvey retro and you do your saturday you've got a little uh sort of series going at the moment the saturday mornings yeah retro saturday rewind is the newest series um that is basically based on Saturday morning nostalgia. Um, so like all the cartoons and TV shows, but also anything that you remember from sort of that era, 80s and 90s. Uh, and I've kind of just like the whole channel is kind of based around nostalgia and horror on the main YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do a lot of like horror reactions like to, to, to famous cult horror movies on there. Johan and I usually do those. Uh, they've become like the core of like the of that channel in terms of bringing in a lot of the audience. And then I do retro reviews. I do like v- I, I review a film on VHS. Um, I do that, and also, yeah, it just I, I just focus on nostalgia basically on that channel. Um, and yeah, it's 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 going really well. It's it's the growth rate on the main YouTube channel. 
it just skyrocketed. It's just going up and up and up. That's and it's the, often the old content that kind of mm-hmm. keeps the, it alive. I was, uh, <laughs> let me tell you one thing. I mistakenly clicked on the Ghost Watch video and ah! I had, <laughs> I, I started hearing round around the garden like a teddy bear coming out of my speaker when the machine was off. <laughs> then I heard James Work Experience Boy talking about pipes. And I had flashback PTSD moments to the time that pipes infected my home audio suite when I was a young lad. Um, fantastic episode, all joking aside. Um, you know. Absolutely frightening. Yeah, that, that I is, trusted that is the... Sarah Green. I trusted yeah. uh, <laughs> David Craig Charles. I trusted Michael Parkinson. They were dead straight. You know, Sarah Park- Sarah Green was on that morning doing Live and Kicking. Then in the afternoon, you're like, oh, you know, we can trust her. This is a documentary. This is fine. Now, having watched it as an old adult, I can imagine if I was my dad, I'd be like, yeah, as if that's real. But to a kid, Sarah yeah. Green's feeding you legitimate documentary-style props about some ghost stuff that's going on. You're pooing yourself. Yeah, we were betrayed, George. We were all betrayed by those... <laughs> the web they lovely, had to lovely, <laughs> lovely TV presenters. So pleasant. Oh, but God. Yes. Well, uh, and also, the third spoke of the trifecta, of that trident of entertainment that's offered <laughs> up on the internet. Greg, nowhere near, but near Berlin. Such a great name. Thank you. <laughs> You host the sort of gaming side of this immortal trio. What's the story there? Yeah, so I joined uh, Edward and Johan about a year ago now. Yeah, God, it's January. Time flies, yeah, so doesn't it? A year ago. It's been a whole year. I'm still waiting for my appraisal. Um, but, I, you know, I've been here for a year now. And um, Ed's always been very focused uh, on more of the retro side of gaming. That's definitely where his niche is. That's, that's, that's his love. I'm very much into my modern games, into modern day, into what's going on here and now. I may not have a PS5 because let's not go into that. But you know, for, for the most part, I'm into the modern. Hang game. on a minute. Okay. Yeah, I'll boot you. <laughs> Greg needs a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've tried every other way to get one. So if LB he says he's it. got about forty or fifty on a pallet, he'll put them on yeah. speedboats. There's probably a one in five chance of one actually making it here because he's got a thing going on with the US customs at the minute. But there's a very ch- mm. there's a high chance one to get through. He'll send very one. Good. Yeah. Oh, happy days. Very good. Yeah. Are we playing Demon Souls before you know it? Yeah. So um, I joined, and obviously I, my focus has been a lot more on the uh, onto modern day games. Uh, so let's plays, reviews. Um, discussion videos top five lists all that and obviously since then we've also introduced the new twitch channel as well uh, which johan also takes part in we stream i stream on sunday nights and then we also do wednesday nights and we do occasionally mondays and fridays we so stream you stream ice cream indeed <laughs> yes. i don't know why but that's where my brain went with that uh, listen all three of you are absolutely fantastic hosts and and, and you've honored us with your presence mm-hmm. um the twitch is is I mean, I'm I'm guilty. I tend not to have enough time because I'm playing PS3 games. I have to admit, but uh, mm. I do I do try and get on when I can. And uh, you always make me feel very welcome, and you always make everyone feel very welcome that joins. And, and you're very inclusive. So I must shout out anyone who sat there thinking, "Well, I get bored on a Wednesday or whatever other day it is." Go make yourselves known, much like ourselves there. I can't guarantee that you'll come out of the situation alive, but COVID at the moment will keep you safe. Uh, once COVID's gone, they'll they'll suck on your body until it's a dry husk. Uh, I think that's the the strategy that they're employing here. But uh, in between now, when COVID ends, you know what? 
you found yourself three new friends. So yeah. go check the videos out. You sat at home on furlough. You finished Netflix, completed that. You got the platinum trophy. You've got a thousand G out of it. You might as well spin yourself around in your seat and click on YouTube and then go download and check out the Edematic Boys. You will not repeat, not be upset by what you find. Unless you watch Ghostwatch, in which case, well, you know, it's not my fault. You've infected your PC with pipes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We arrive at the feature, the meat in the sandwich that we would call uh, the Unofficial Controller podcast. I've rather indulgently called it Movies, Games and Videos, which is a show I used to absolutely love as a child. It was used to be on ITV after the chart show. It was basically just a, it needs to come back. If it does, I've put my name down. Uh, It's probably going to end up being Dermot O'Leary or something, but you know, you never know. Anyway, movies, games, and videos. You know, we all have tales of that game we played that was based on a movie, be it the legendary Disney games of the Genesis or Mega Drive days, or maybe those games former co-host Tom denies he ever had, like Batman Begins or Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Well, my (laughs) favorite, Robocop (laughs) 3 on the Atari ST that made a terrible movie, uh, took a terrible movie and made it good. Never mind the hours Bobby sunk into Batman on the NES, a game that regular listeners know holds true nostalgic value for him. But whether it's the snootiness of Hollywood or the weak plot points of games, especially back in the day, we don't see the transition from game to movie maybe as often as we would like. But to cover this properly, you guys deserve more than a hack job by me, Bobby, and James the Work Experience Boy. We need to call in the specialists. The gurus, as Leo, my life coach, would say. It's funny how they always have the name that goes with their job. When they were born, it was like, I'm either going to be a layman or a life coach. Luckily for me, <laughs> he was a life coach. So with no expense spared in the Zootamax era, we've flown out to a cold winter in New York, the very best purveyors of celluloid, the ever-living enigmatic productions. Gentlemen, we've found ourselves, we've navigated through the unofficial controller minefield. We've arrived nearly at the start of the climb, the middle, the feature. Now, we've got some uh, listener comments, but uh, I think we should maybe kick off um, with one of you gentlemen picking a film. It's based on a game, just to grease the wheels. Which one of you would like to go first? I think if we're going to start, we need to start with the first, right? Mm-hmm. So, totally. yeah. Why not let's look into, or at least have a little bit of a banter, as it were, of the very first official video game movie, which was the, which is the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, oh boy. You know, I now, saw this in the theater. You saw this in the theater. Were, were oh, you a yeah. bad child? Were you a bad <laughs> child? So I, I don't know what it is about it. I don't know whether it's the charm or... I mean, I think I've got a couple of the action figures, or I don't. I, I can't even begin to explain because, rightly so, as an adult, I look at it and think that's that's an irredeemable mess. Mm. But there's something about it I quite enjoy. <laughs> it's, it's 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 in my wheelhouse in terms of it is it to some people is considered so bad it's good, right? Y- yeah. Now I've actually told uh, Edward this. That I said like for the trash tapes, I will never cover this movie because it will get me so mad 
that, quite frankly, I will literally, even virtually, I will punch him in the face. (laughs) So I have decided to say, why not get out all my anger and frustration now by talking about it here? Perfect. I told you um, we won't get out of this alive, Bobby. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to try and keep my composure as much as I can. I will also put my cussing down to none, which is very hard for this movie. But... um, (laughs) So just to sort of clarify a few little bits about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, so if anyone doesn't know, it's a 1993 uh, action comedy movie, loosely, and I mean loosely in the nicest term, of the of the Mario Brothers franchise by Nintendo. It was the first feature-length action, live-action film based on a video game, so we might as well start there. And what I love about this part is the film was directed by a husband and wife team, uh, Rocky Morton and Annabelle J- uh, Jankel, who are famous for being the people who directed Max Headroom. So Wow. Really? Headroom. This is why we've got the immortal (laughs) ones on, Bobby. So, in other words, if anyone knows Max Headroom, yeah, if anyone knows that, you know, like, that, and then you look at Super Mario Brothers, as in the video game, you say, those two don't connect. And it basically didn't. But now you've said that, I now see some of those tropes because like the max headroom movie is really dark isn't it and i, I presume 100%. you've seen it mm. um but some of that man some of that uh darkness of shot and and the sets and obviously they don't have that f- total control in that way because whatever the set designers come up with they come up with but i can see shades now of max headroom in that film so now you know it's so now you know why it's such a bizarre mess and the thing was um <laughs> It was connect. The reason the reason why that kind of started off like that is because they were trying to find people to put a spin on it. Because this is, like I said, the very first video game movie. And one thing they wanted to avoid, at least the um, at least the people behind it all, especially the big studio, was like we don't want to sell it for. They don't want to sell it a hundred percent for kids because they don't want to say like, hey, this is uh, this is based on a product for children. So they wanted to try and adult it up a bit, which is why they brought them in. And that's why in this version of the movie, um, you know, um, it's all basically, you know, Dino, you know, Dino Hatton, which is called, um, is basically a post-apocalyptic universe um, to make it feel like it's more, oddly enough, inviting to older audiences, which is a... Which I can't explain either. Do you, do you think this film got made through the lens of Tim Burton's Batman as well? A little bit. I wouldn't be surprised to say like, hey, you know, Batman was cool. Let's do a bit of that. But try and do that with Mario, which, sure, why not? Um, hey, Mario could do everything. Mario could do anything. We've already established this. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah, true. But I'm waiting now. For, um, well, actually, I'm just trying to think. When was the last time that Mario's Mario was in an apocalypse in the video games? And I think Galaxy was the closest. Yeah. Mario Galaxy was the closest <laughs> yeah. when you had like asteroids and others and big ships hitting the planes. So maybe that is maybe that, know, maybe happened me, later. You know, you know this Mario Brothers movie that we're talking about. Yes, and it, I always feared this might happen because once you get me going, I'm I'm all over the place. But the Mario Brothers movie and the Flintstones movie the re- mm. live action one occupy the same filing cabinet in my brain if i mm. pull it open and i go in and i pull out mario brothers flintstones falls out like what's that it's flintstones <laughs> why are they in there must be the dinosaurs maybe it's uh, I, I don't know who made the special effects for them but well, i like that flintstones movie by the way i'm gonna go out on a limb and say i actually quite enjoy it but uh 
I'm a, I'm a sadist. Well, well, it's got Halle, it's got Halle Berry in it. Basically, I think her name is something like Boulder Rocks or something mm-hmm. done like that. So you're sitting there going like, oh, "Okay, that's so on the nose. It hurts." It's um, got matey. Um, it's got matey in that Twin Peaks as well, hasn't it? And it does. June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does yeah? Carl McLaughlin. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, now going back to the Mario Brothers movie, um, a few little interesting tidbits is that the problem with the film was is that the the, the the duo, the directing duo, was fighting a lot with the studio and with Nintendo and with their own vision, which was very much like nothing to do with Mario. Because they said, <laughs> and I quote, "We never actually played the games in the first place." That was just so obvious when you. Said <laughs> do you think that that duo wanted to make a film and someone said, "Hey, you know, we've we've got this. There's this Mario thing going on," and they were like, "I tell you what, we'll do that, and then we'll just try and morph it into a vision of what we wanted to do anyway, and then." What we end up is getting this car crash amalgamation of the two. I would not be surprised. I imagine it's like a thing. And this is the thing, actually. The directing duo actually kept rewriting the script throughout production. Wow. It was nicknamed, it was nicknamed the Rainbow Script because of how many times it was revisioned. <laughs> so there was loads <laughs> of like red marker, green marker, blue marker, yellow marker on top of the entire script when they changed it. Uh uh. It stars quite a few people, um, obviously, and this is, a, this is a great quote. Um, there's, there's quite a few people like that. You've got Bob Hoskins um, playing Mario. You've got um, John Leguizamo playing uh, Luigi. Uh, you've got Dennis Hopper playing King Cooper. <laughs> um, and you've got quite a loads of few people. But interesting factoid, there's actually quite a few uh, people who were originally going to be playing various roles. So, for example, um, King Cooper was actually going to, was in line before Dennis Hopper came in. Uh, Michael Keaton and Arnold Schwarzenegger were originally going to be playing King Cooper. Oh, <laughs> That's God. crazy. <laughs> yep. Oh, see, my God. Den- Dennis Hopper does a pretty good bad guy. You know, like in Waterworld. That's one of my favorite... Uh... Yeah, he's, he's a good bad guy. Yeah. He's terrifying in Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's terrifying, which is why you c- he's good at it. He's good at it because he always put his effort 100% in. But, you know, imagining all the other ones. Also, I'm just looking through the list as well for my feedback. Also, I forgot. Also, Kevin Cosner was also going to be playing King Cooper as well at some point. So there's loads of people involved at some point to play that, but it, it became an absolute nightmare. Um, one of my favorite quotes, let's see if I can find it. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Um, <laughs> Dennis Hopper basically said that he was, oh, he was originally wanting to do this movie for his kids. I uh, really wanted to do it for his kid who's already into Mario and so on and so forth. But what, uh, and there's a famous, there's a famous quote he said, it's like, um, it's, it was talking about the movie. He said like, um, I, I was talking to my six year old son at the time. And he said, um, and, and he said like, uh, he, he loves, he, he knows that I'm an actor and he loves the Mario Brothers movie. But he actually said, why did you play the bad guy? Um, in, why did you play King Cooper in the, in that, in that Mario movie? And um, he said, and, and Dennis Hopper said, like, because you, because you need new shoes, basically, to give you pay. And the love, the funny thing is, the kid actually says, "I don't need new shoes that badly." <laughs> Very astute child. Yeah, it got a lot worse by this point. Uh, the, apparently, it was originally going to be only four weeks on set. It turned to seventeen. Oh my god! Whoa! Loads of things were rewritten and changed. Loads of cameos were going to be done. Um, it got to the point where they got so frustrated that Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo actually had a bit of a drinking game out of it. So half the time, Bob Hoskins is drunk on set. <laughs> 
because he was sick and tired of actually being on set. He got sick of it. He, he, Sounds he, like he, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I think now we know. It really does. Yeah. It got it became an absolute nightmare. Loads of loads of little characters were introduced and then they were removed from the script and then cut out completely. There were cameos, there was a whole bunch of loads of stuff. And then and then by the end of it, it was edited down to complete hell because they made there was a there was about a there was a two and a half hour version of this movie, and basically an hour of it was trimmed off because a lot of it became incomprehensible fluff and so what we end up having was i believe a fine example of how if you got getting the wrong filmmakers getting the wrong everything and pushing it through this tiny ass hole just tiny little peg to try and make something out of it and you just end up with a very very horrible mess um and it is to this day because i look at it and i get frustrated it has barely anything to do with the games it has absolutely it, it, it none of it makes sense it's all trying to be trendy to stuff at the time yeah and people saw that it became an it was famously then became an absolute flop from the get-go but it didn't stop other people to start making movies video game movies after that but i think they said oh we'll learn our lesson (laughs) 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 one could argue that they're still they're still learning um is that is that the feet is that the fact bucket emptied all over let's imagine it's like a saturday morning uh tv game show have you gunked them is the bucket is there still something left to pour on them i think to be frank that's the best of the gunk because any because you can actually dig in so much deeper into this but the problem is i want uh, one we've we've only got a a small amount of time and two i do not want to go so deep into the rabbit hole they become horrified (laughs) conspiracy theorists so um it's best to cut it off there let's just say that there were so many things that end up being scrapped and removed, uh, changed and adjusted throughout the making of the movie. That it was never the it, the original script had nothing to do with what the end product was, and I think it's because you got filmmakers who do not know the video games. You got other people, actors, and uh, and everyone else who do not, who didn't really play the games. No one understood what video games were. They were all seen as a toy. So when you try and put it into something that's supposed to be comprehensively like a comprehensive narrative for a movie, but also try and aim to a market who didn't play video games. Yeah. Get this mess. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, question then every, every episode we reach out to the listeners and we say, give us some questions or memories on the topic of the week this week on Twitter, Mr. Pumpkins uh, got in contact on Twitter. He's called at Mr. Pumpkin He's a regular on the discord with that. What you've just said in mind, here's a question that he'd like to ask the three immortal ones. What video game that isn't already a movie, he says, do you think would make a good movie? Book Snacks. Book Snacks. (laughs) Get that out of my face. (laughs) Sweetie pie. Sweetie pie. Uh, any, anything any advances I'm, on bug snacks listen I'm, I am I am kidding but if the emoji movie is a thing then why not right I mean e- I agree. E- yeah, at that okay. point yeah. um, hands up technically we've already had bug snacks it's called cloudy with a chance of meatballs so we've already had that in, 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 the, in the second movie they are a whole bunch of bug snacks they're literally like animals yeah, yeah. out of food so yeah that movie's already done so your idea scrapped Paradox um, there. There you go. 
Uh, Ed, do you do you have do you have an idea? Um, how about some like creepy indie games like Inside and Limbo? They'd be good yeah. movies. I think they would be really with that style. If if Limbo looked like sort of Sin City, you know that kind of oh. like really contrasty black and white style, be frightening. He holds the room, doesn't he? I know that you had the. I know you brought. I know you guys came in your caskets, and then there was like mm. a, a couple of tour buses turned up with what looked like, oh, thirty black hooded druids who carried you all in, and Harvey's got the slightly larger throne, and they sort of put him down, and he sort of. He just sort of holds the room with his with his hands clasped, and we we turn yeah. to him for these nuggets, and he delivers every time. Uh, it is very. How much do the druids earn? I guess they're part of the multimedia empire, are they? Or um, well, they're doing it because of our loyalty, so we don't technically pay them. Uh, they just have to follow our faith and then die if we need to. So um, yeah, there's a chance of uh, immortality as well. I mean, I guess. You start off as work experience druid one, and then yeah. you know if you survive and you don't get drained one day because I don't know he knocks Greg's canapes <laughs> over, so he's like, right, I'll kill him. It's fine. That's what I do. <laughs> you know? Then you all sort we of jump lo- round him, devour him. We, we we lost Tony that way, actually. Um, <laughs> Tony, of course, yeah. or Tony. Rest in peace, Dan. Or Tony. I guess. Yes. I guess. I guess we go back to um, if we go back to looking at games like Limbo and Inside. I think one thing that makes those games so great is that the fact that with the story you actually fill in the blanks yourself, and the story is what you assume is happening along the way. Like it sort of alludes to things here and there about what you might be thinking going on in these games. So I guess if you was going to make a movie adaption of it, you would actually probably end up having to write a script and actually setting the story as canon. Would you not? That's why it's perfect because the filmmakers tend to go and do their own thing anyway. Mm-hmm. So if it's if there isn't much to go on in in the in, in the beginning, it would be it's perfect for a video. You just really need a good visual style uh, and a, and a loose story yeah. uh, for a video game movie. I think. Mm. Uh, yeah. How? What do you think? Have you got uh, going to wheel in something here? I have. I actually have a very oddball idea, and you have to bear with me with this. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a pitch, but the problem with a lot of video game movies, I feel, is that uh, the video games in, as a medium is an active experience for the audience, right? Yes. Everything else you adapt, like books, movies, comics, etc., is passive. The story is already there. So, so, so we then. So, I have to think of a game where the activity of it all is very bare minimum, so you don't have to worry too much about it. You also need to find a game that there isn't much lore in the first place, like we mentioned with like Limbo and Inside, for example, where there's nothing canon that you can go bananas with. So, I've thought about this, and again, oddball, but I think IQ Intelligence Cube might be the perfect video game movie. Okay. And you're probably wondering why. And you think, what yeah. the hell is that? Because number one, okay, let me explain. You, you, the protagonist is just a man. Just You don't even know, you don't even see it. It's like a couple of pixels, right? In a giant black void on a giant bunch of cubes with other cubes trying to kill him. There, that's all the video game is. Which means if you're a filmmaker, you can go absolutely bananas. You can go for full Lynchian here and thinking like, well, wait a minute. Why is the man in the black room? What are with these cubes? What's happening in here? It's like the movie Cube, but with more cubes. And um, 
it can fully, and that means you can go bananas, you can go weird with it, you can go surreal with it, and I think it could be an absolute art house dream because one, no one remembers the game in the first place, really, other than me. So um, <laughs> you can go full hog with like adding like weird stuff to it. You can I see you don't it like that to... prisoner series. Now you've described it, I can see yeah. the balls coming in and swallowing him up, and there's no real. Yeah, let's okay, all right. So well, I'm, it... I'm on board. There you go. It's you can and you can get anyone to do this, anything to do it. You, you, the protagonist doesn't even have to have a name. It's so void of anything that the filmmakers can go absolutely bananas with it. And I think it'll just be adding to it. Mm-hmm. It'll just okay. add to it. Okay. Well, if you guys weren't already earning enough for this episode, um, <laughs> Tommy D. Writer gets in touch. He's a Hell Buccio, who's like, hang on a minute, how many speedboat runs am I going to have to do? You've got to get your hands out, boys. You know how this goes. Tommy D. Writer, he's a new listener. listener. Hang on a minute, the immortal ones. They didn't, they didn't, what's going on here? Like a disjointed mess. Tommy D. Writer, he's a new new listener. Fantastic. Harvey just claps along at the back. He just does what he wants to. It's like, you question me on this, I'll rip your throat clean out. Carry on, George, as you were. No problem. The golf claps for everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tommy D. Writer is a new listener. I don't know if he's part of the Enigmatic Productions fan base, but uh, he's got in touch. He says, I'm a fan of the Tomb Raider movies, all three of them. Cheesy action fun. I don't. Well, it's exactly what it is. It is, in my opinion, the latest Tomb Raider. It's probably, and I haven't seen, you know, the newest one like Sonic or, you know, Warhammer, but this one I've seen in the theater. It's almost like playing the rebooted game because yeah, exactly she kind of gets injured the same way, kind of the same, the same look. You know, you accept her jumps like the video game. Like, okay, she, normally nobody would really make that jump, but you accept that she could do it in the game. So in the movie, she, could, she does it. She survives things that you probably wouldn't survive. Mm. I think they really got the whole aesthetic of the reboot from the game into this film. I really enjoyed it. I think she was also phenomenal in this movie. Well, and yeah. on the, the other note, the original Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie, I think that was just really good. That's almost like the last really sexualized female action star. Like I don't think you're ever going to see that again. Like that was purposely meant for you know when it came out like 2001. To be fair, for Randy teenage boys. Yeah, so it I was perfectly like, you know, encapsulated the game. It did, but where, as it originally Listen, was. They had slow running, like slow motion running, for you know obvious reasons. They had the guns, but the they solved the plot jump. hole in the game of having the reload. Yes, pop right there back. Yeah, the back. Yeah, so you know that's fine. So I think they did the best they could with the movies without going too crazy. Mm. So I think Tomb Raider is a really good example of. You know, not so bad. Well, with, with that in mind, he sits up in his throne, reaches for his leather-bound book of notes, turns to page 522. I don't know what was on pages 519 down. Or 500, there you go. I can't count, so I'm a podcast host. 521 down. <laughs> Goodness knows what they were. Um, Greg has prepared some some notes on his an immortal being's take on the Tomb Raider film franchise. I mean, what a segue, right? What a segue. So yes, I did actually, as part of this, I had looked back 
at the Tomb Raider movie franchises. Now, I looked at Tomb Raider 2001, the initial release with Angelina Jolie. What a barrel of fun that is. And I looked at the 2018 uh, reboot, re-release of it, if you will. Yeah, there was another movie in there in between called Cradle of Life, but I'm not really going to go too much into mm-hmm. that film uh, because I barely watched it. Watched is that the second twice, Jolie film? That was it. Yeah, that's the second Jolie film. Yeah, ah, right. Okay. If we look at the, if we look, okay. So if we look at the first film, right, this is probably uh, my most favorite guilty pleasure movie, even still probably to this day. Right, (laughs) I could probably still memorize the script almost word for word. And fully enough, actually, when I was in primary school and we had to do creative writing, I basically wrote this down and I actually got a really good score. But anyway, (laughs) just because I could remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, the movie's really bad. The movie is really, really bad. Okay, there's no logic. Don't don't try don't go into this movie thinking with any sort of sense of logic because you will not have any fun with this. It's just stupid. I mean, the first few minutes we're in a tomb fighting a robot in ancient Egypt. Yeah, and do we question it? Do we have a go at it? No, because it's a lot of fun. Do it's we question? Fun. Do we question? that a man lives in a caravan with a mini parked outside when she's in a 300-room mansion. Could possibly even get the room next to her, maybe share the bathroom. <laughs> and he's out there. I don't know what he's doing in there. And quite why he's got a white robots. picket fence. He's building, he's playing with robots, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do accept, I mean, we do accept it because some of the stuff that just goes on in this movie, you will accept something just, I mean, that looks trivial compared to some of the other... Uh, things that we witnessed in this game but it was it was a lot of fun and like i say don't go into it with any sort of sense of logic because then you'll start literally question everything everything so again like the games the games absolutely make no sense with logic the fact that we in the first couple of games you face zombies a god uh, as well as uh, several creatures um and, and croft you know, manor that looks like a kid's made it in minecraft <laughs> yeah that's one thing i was actually going to allude to you know um so yeah i love the ps1 games back in the day and the movie as the movie captures some really good key elements from it. You know, got the got the head right, and it's got the back patch. It's got the double pistols that they've explained its infinite ammo by a, a what can be described as a tail coming out of her backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, some where, sort you know, of weird spinal cord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's good. I mean, you know, um, you know, there's that. You know, she's got the flares. Uh, you know, to, to 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 light up the place. But obviously, back, you know, coming off the back of the nineties, they're not the flares from the game. They're basically glow sticks. They are nineties mm. Ravens glow sticks that Perfect. everyone seems to be holding around. Um, you know, her saying mm-hmm, every single time mm-hmm. she uh, finds an item of interest. Uh, love that little nod there. Also, as well, you know, there's the jungle level. There's the snowy levels. There's the level. You know, there's the Venice level. You know, all of these sort of have hints and are sort of are are in are in this movie. So yeah. they try and fit a lot in there. The the story makes no sense. There's two pieces of a triangle that fit together, but only during the stages of a planetary alignment, and that then makes you be able to change time in these specific places. And the story makes the story you just you just no longer go okay, if you've okay. got chris barry okay. in some pajamas and a bulletproof vest i don't think you need any 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 sense that is all you need in life mm. chris barry yeah <laughs> and and having daniel craig pulling off in a horrible well, american well, accent. Well, this oh, is, this naked is, as well this as is, well this is, for now naked yeah this is this is pre-james bond uh daniel craig and you've got so many American actors, everybody in this film, right, is British, right? Everybody in this film is actually 
everyone in this film is, is American but doing a British accent. And there's yes. one British guy. <laughs> He's doing an American voice. <laughs> Terrible. Never thought that before. Like, oh yes, of course. It's, it's it's accent. That's the like me trying to do a British accent. Why would I do that? Uh, exactly, exactly. But no, in this film, you know, again, you know, trying to spend your disbelief in your logic, and you go, yeah, sure. Why isn't Daniel Craig um, doing an English accent? But anyway, sorry, Brit- an American accent. But yeah, again. Um, there's just a lot of weird stuff. There's just a lot of weird stuff in this. I was discussing this with Johan as well because I was again I was doing the terrible thing of using logic. So in if you do you remember the very first tomb that she goes to, uh, which is, is like in Asia, like in this like sort of like jungle area, and mm. basically she has a bit of insider knowledge to look out for this flower because this flower only grows in the secret entrance of these tombs. These tombs, right? So like, oh, okay, a bit more convenient, a secret entrance in. No, this flower makes the ground swallow her whole. And nearly kills her if she doesn't grab hold of these vines. Yet the bad guys who come in through the front door by yanking it down have no danger posed to them whatsoever. It's like, thanks, Dad, you jerk, for telling me this stupid way that makes no sense. I never thought about that. They just walk in as if they just push through a door, don't they? Yeah, they're just like, oh, okay. And they're on the right level. And, and on the right all level the time the it takes her to navigate through this collapsed subterranean hellhole to get there, they just yeah. sort of walk in. Yeah, no, exactly. No danger posed to them whatsoever. And, it just, you know, then there's these children at, at the entrance to the tomb in Siberia and the one that's in, like, you know, in this Asia level who, for some, re- some reason, everybody seems to know her dad for whatever reason. Everyone talks about a dad like they all knew him, like went out for beers or whatever. And then again, they miraculously disappear for no reason that is ever explained to us. Um, what else? <laughs> Well, one thing that's quite... I tend to overthink things a little bit. Um, It's one of my traits. But her dad, trapped in a perpetual, never-ending prison where he never ages, where he has no perception of time, literally rotting his life out on his own in this unending time prison. That's John Voight. And he gets... John (laughs) Voight. He gets... Is that the actor's name? Yeah, that's yeah, it's, a real it's, 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 it's actually Angelina Jolie's real life yeah. dad as well. Because yeah. he plays yeah. the father in National Treasure as well, a film that I actually yes. quite enjoy. I he, don't think he's he been typecast a little bit there. It's like, who plays a dad? Yeah, he'll he's do. Played, Bring him in. He's played Wheel dad, him in. Dad before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just wheel him in. <laughs> well, he also, he also played the bad guy in Anaconda, though. Oh, he did, oh didn't he? yes, he did. Mm. Yes. That was a different kind of movie for him. <laughs> yes, he did. But... Yes, again, it's just dumb fun. And again, it's just, it looks cool. There's some really cool action moments. You know, the scene in, you know, in Laura's house that looks nothing like Laura's house, um, you know, where they, uh, where they uh, all come in and try and take away the clock from her, you know, the artifact. And yeah. she's literally just bungee jumping around and kicking people and hitting Yeah, bungee them. jumps are cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah Motocross exactly. bikes are cool. She's got to do a well, couple of moves on that. Yeah. Well, thinking what was cool back in the 90s, there's even a stage where she uses like a, like she uses like basically what can only be described as like a mechanical skateboard and goes around her garage and punches a few baddies and steals a few guns off them. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit like um, Lego Lass surfing down a, an elephant's <laughs> yeah. trunk. Yes. <laughs> totally misplaced, but that movie gets dated very much to the extreme sports era. Mm. It does, it does. Yeah. But if we, could, if we compare it to the 2018 movie release. Yes. Now, I watched, I've watched actually both of these movies over, just over the weekend just to sort of refresh and recap and that is a good film that is a really good mm-hmm. solid film like it is 
what I love as well, the fact they've actually been bold enough to actually follow the 2013 reboot mm-hmm. story on the island of Yamatai. And, you know, you know, I mean, obviously there's a few sort of, uh, they made a few changes to make it a more adaptable film. But, you know, it stays really close to the original source material. One thing I don't understand, though, I mean, her dad's alive in this. I mean, her dad's mm. always been dead in every single iteration of every movie, game, mm-hmm. whatever you. Her dad's always been dead. Even when he was alive, he was dead. I don't know. It's, for some reason, this one is alive. Maybe. <laughs> what was the first film called? Cradle of Life, was it? No, the second, no, that's one, the second one. Cradle of Life. The first What's... one was uh, just Tomb Raider, no subtitle. Mm-hmm. Tomb Ra- in the first Tomb Raider, that three, that sort of triangle, that prism, yes. maybe when that shatters, it creates a whole... All, almost infinite range of these parallel universe Laras that can exist. And maybe at one point in time, Angelina Jolie sowed the seed. Maybe at one point in time, they will all sort of meet up and we'll maybe. have the ultimate, you know, maybe have she'll you, be a bit old by then. Maybe, she can be like the tutor. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll just be like the Power Rangers and just sort of like all morph into mm-hmm. one and just become like an ultimate Tomb Raider. I never thought about like it turned into it into a 32-bit rendition of herself. <laughs> <laughs> basically, just a man, just basically just a man in a robot costume with like a, mm-hmm. a backdrop. Yeah, that's, a, that's, what, that's what it will be. That, okay, sorry. My yeah. my brain works in very strange ways. I, I dragged you off course. So we, You did. I mean, we, took, we, we, we did take a little bit of a detour there. But yeah, no, the bow there, the bow's there, the axe, the pickaxe is mm-hmm. there. And one of the best moments in video games for me is at the end of the 2013 reboot when you finally get the twin pistols, the L2, R2, L2. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bit of a nod to that as well by, you know, she picks up the two guns at the end of the film and goes, I'll take two. It's cheesy. I don't care. But I love, mm-hmm. it. I love Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. I love Derbyshire. She was designed <laughs> literally probably about, whew, about four, three miles that way. Wow. And that's where, just, that's where core design is based. Is literally that's where core design was based. Literally three miles that way. So I've, I've, uh, I know the listeners can't see which way I'm pointing, but believe me, I'm pointing in the direction where. Core well, design plus is. plus four thousand miles because obviously you're in New York right now. Yeah. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. Add, mm-hmm. add the four thousand because obviously we're in. New you didn't know. You've been in suspended animation in your crypt. You, 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 you never knew. <laughs> you could be anywhere right now. I've not, I've not looked outside. You know, we've got to keep the curtains closed. So. Exactly. Well, I don't Sorry, want you to. The drapes closed. Sorry. Sorry. When in Rome, the drapes closed. So. The drapes. Yes. Tom likes to refer to them as drapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're basically my takes on the two radio movies, anyway. The first one was just okay. really stupid fun. Don't think about it too much. The second one, actually, not the second one. Uh, sorry. The reboot 2018 mm-hmm. uh, film. Actually, it's quite a solid movie. Hmm. Okay. Well, before we. Uh, so just give me a recap because I've uh, so Harvey's got uh, what movie have you decided to to bring Lord Harvey? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, um, and Johan had another section Uwe Bowl, I believe. Uh-huh. Yes, I do. If we uh, want to okay. go deep down that rabbit hole, well, we'll we'll have a we'll circle around it. We might not dip in, but we'll definitely circle uh-huh. around it. Um, well, before we, we move on, let's do some listener comments. Um, Fence the Gamer, he's dropped his loincloth. Luckily for us, he's wearing a pair of Y-fronts. He says, I'm all for creative freedom, but most games have fantastic and well-thought-out stories already, some even famed for their storytelling. When it comes to movies of games, I can't for the life of me understand why filmmakers are so adamant in putting their own stamp on it, that they refuse to use the content and the source material. Take Resident Evil, for example. The lore is so rich with so many games and books to draw from. No. Let's make up a ridiculous new superhero-like character played by none other than the director's wife. 
again for me my favorite video game movies and closest to the magic of their gaming origins are the silent hill films chef's kiss emoji perfect uh also i'd like to add that the detective pikachu film is the absolute perfect rendition of the game to movie bringing its own twist without messing with a little beloved franchise one bit question men have you guys seen detective pikachu yes i haven't no No. i've not no no i've not you haven't seen it absolutely zero interest in seeing it i actually it was all right right i mean i'm not a film critic but you know i thought it was very good and i think the reason why i like it is because it's it, it's it's got basically what Pokemon is as a whole, but it just updated a few little bits and everything else. Plus, I kind of think it's it's not. This is the thing: it's not based on Pokemon as in the game Pokemon. It's based off the spin-off game called Detective Pikachu, which yes. a lot of people actually would would say it's not actually a very good game. So you have that little element in. They put that in there and just say we're going to follow this little nugget but then expose people more to the pokemon world because this one has a far more straighter narrative than the other games and i think it works really really well um yeah. and also you got and also got ryan reynolds playing the voice of detective pikachu which is just adorable and weird and the <laughs> fact that he uh, and the fact that he can still communicate with pokemon but uh, but uh, but somehow uh, he can speak fluid english it's absolutely absolutely hilarious i think it's wasn't there a yeah. campaign to get was it bob hoskins or danny devita i think it might have been danny devita <laughs> yeah really? oh, yeah God. to voice detective pikachu hi because it's just funny isn't it there's a, there's a clip reel of it on youtube i was really? doing it yeah it's fast it's, do you know what they should have um, caught just fresh off the street outside caught him tagging up a wall rgt you may know him as retro gamer thomas He's got a rap album coming out. Goodness knows what the story is with that. He says, I like to ask Enigmatic Productions, this question for you, gentlemen, about new game to movies, e.g. Uncharted with Tom Holland. As in the past, a lot of game to movie franchises have been laughable. But with video games being the number one form of entertainment, will new movies about games be pretty decent? Much like yourselves, he says, I quite enjoyed the last Tomb Raider one. I thought it was way better than the Angelina Jolie attempts. Wash your mouth. That was you've got a picture, RGT, mm-hmm. of you stood with Chris Barry. Say sorry now. <laughs> turn to your good lady Donna. Pause the podcast. Turn to yourself. Sinned. Oh no. I am sorry. Smoke him a kipper. Smoke me a kipper. He'll be back for breakfast. So, with that in mind, gentlemen. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm going to make I'll make slight reference to the uh, Metal Gear movie, which has uh, been recently announced. Mm-hmm. This is one movie that I'm I'm seriously excited for. Um, but I got thinking, and um, <laughs> I was discussing this online the other day. You know, uh, so Oscar Isaac has been cast to play uh, Solid Snake. Yeah, it's all very exciting. And we was thinking, right? What if the movie starts? You sit down. You bought your you bought your ticket. You're sitting down at the cinema when we can go back to the cinema, and this movie starts and it's on a Russian tanker for the first half of an hour. It's brilliant. And then the remaining two hours are Owen Wilson is riding on the big shell. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I mean, I, I mean, I would pay. Oh good money. no. I, I would pay good money to be to see fair. Owen Wilson if you've naked, played naked cartwheeling, if you've played MGS four, Ryden redeems himself. He mm. does redeem himself, but certainly, uh, is the bait and switch in that that would be 
unacceptable. One question I've got for you there, Hideo Kojima, as, as, as crazy as he is, and I'm, I'm a fan of his work, I have to admit. I mean, I, I'm not always very good at the stealth elements of the game that he wants me to play through, but, I, you know, I, I have a good go. Normally, you hear that famous blah, blah sound, and mm-hmm. I'm just running around for a while to lose the guards. But he's always gone on record to say he got into games because he couldn't get into cinema. But he's yeah. a frustrated cinema director. Should they be yeah. offering out the hand to him saying, come on board as an executive producer? Uh, of this no. 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 Uh, sorry, Johan, do you want to feel? Uh, no. And I think it's because of any, if you've played any of his games, um, all the more, all the, um, all the Mel Gear Solid and Death Stranding, for example, he, it's, it's almost like he's, he's like Quentin Tarantino in a way where you kind of wish that someone was behind him as an editor to go and tell him, mm. boy, you do yeah. not need a two-hour cutscene here. You can trim this down <laughs> heavily. And I feel like if you gave Hideo Kojima this, he would, he would, if you gave him like an executive producer or something to write, uh, like a script for it, he, the, 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 the movie would be ten hours long. Um, so I feel like you no, know, because like because we've recently discussed um, on the podcast we did Johnny Mnemonic, but that was written as a script by the godfather of cyberpunk William Gibson and that was done by he wrote the script for it as well and then that turned out to be rubbish so just because they are like the godfather or the or the, or the mind behind something in one medium doesn't mean they're going to be good in another medium yeah, my true. you see this is where i'm going to I'm a bit, we know I'm a very strange individual to say the least, but my two favorite works of Hideo Kojima's, my absolute two favorite, are Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid 4, both full of bloated cutscenes. And do you know what? That game could have, both of those games could have doubled in their length with even more CGI cutscenes, and I'd have lapped it up like a hungry dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I I don't, I don't, I, I, made well, sense, but, that's all. If he made yeah, sense. But, but, yeah, it does make sense in that point, but I feel like in a cinema-going experience where you're in a dark room for two and a, for two hours and you want the story to flow in those two hours, nah, I don't think it would work. His his, his, his style of of storytelling, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, I feel like looking to that, like if you have a, a again a master in one medium, doesn't mean they're going to be good in another medium. Yep, I agree. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if he was involved in some degree, I mean, if he was an executive producer, he would just be an overseer. He wouldn't actually yeah. be directing the movie. True, but you know, Hideo Kojima will probably process. He will find a way to stick his two cents in and just turn it into a complete, mm-hmm. well, like a George what Lucas situation. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 Well, George Lucas is someone else who needed someone in the background just to say, hey, "George, are you sure?" But he's yeah. obviously surrounded himself by yes men. Um, yeah. Do you think Hideo Kojima is challenged enough at the studio? Because obviously, nope. when you get to be successful, the easiest thing to do is to hire someone who says yes. Okay, no. it's not that easy to hire someone someone who says actually I disagree, and it disrails the whole process and blah blah blah. But when you're in charge of the ship, you employ who you like. Is that like a a mistake that a lot of film directors get themselves into, where they they get sort of catapulted into stardom and then surround themselves with people who are trying to protect their monthly wage and income. So it's yeah. easier for them to say to the boss man, ah, you know what, if whatever you want, boss, do it. Just do it. I 100% agree. Hmm. Because you need someone to tell you no or say, hey, let's take a look at this from another angle or else you're just going to, you might have a vision, 
but you might have no direction of what you really want. And then you're going to implement all these crazy ideas that make no sense. And then you're going to ask your friend, hey, how's that sound? It's great, bro. In reality, your friend's <laughs> like, listen, dude, I don't know what what happened. You know, you need someone to tell you no sometimes or, you know, think about it from another another way. You have to. Hmm. Okay. Well, Bobby has spoken. Um, before we, before we, before we uh, swing round um, to Mister Retro for his uh, for his piece, let's get the Irish beef out of the way. He's he's as always written a, a small paragraph for us here. He says, uh, "See Pliskin." He says, "Being the resident Ratchet and Clank fanboy for this little community of ours, you know, I have to talk about the 2016 CGI film released by Lionsgate." So instead, let's talk about the 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog. What's going on here? Someone slip me some cheese. So instead, <laughs> let's talk about the 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog film released by Paramount Pictures. I've always had a soft spot for the series ever since I tried out the Sonic Mega Collection Plus for the PS2 at a friend's house. The song history still makes me feel nostalgic and sad all at once. Mm. Uh, smiling emoji, but also very powerful crying emoji. <laughs> um <laughs> At the various melancholy bangers. emoji. Is that what that is? Melancholy emoji. Just <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. Immortal tears emoji. And the various banging <laughs> soundtracks that the series has made for games like Heroes Unleashed, Black Knight, and even Forces. But when I first saw the trailer, I had two concerns. No, not the redesign. I didn't even question it much until I started seeing comparisons. But more rather, why is Jim Carrey taking uh, talking down to the guy who played Book from Band of Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> this is probably one of C. Pliskin's best comments. Mm-hmm. He says, however, on June 24th last year, my birthday, happy retrospective birthday, C. Pliskin, I managed to convince my family who were staying over to watch with me. And despite me getting the majority of the references, we all enjoyed it. It was a great film as a Sonic fan and just uh, a fun, if unpredictable, film in general, which is why I'm praying that the Uncharted film and sequel to this film, turn out better than just okay. Here's where we get to the, I think, the question here. Uh, (laughs) A a punch wrapped in a silk glove, I feel. Uh, And quick thoughts on R&C. It's fine, inoffensive, but nothing you haven't seen before. The reference made it entertaining for me. Oh, there, there were his quick thoughts on Ratchet and Clank. So I don't know what the question is well really <laughs> johan is it acceptable for jim carrey to talk down to the guy who played book from band of brothers um it's it's the sonic universe so i'm just going to run and say yeah sure why okay. not <laughs> uh greg greg thoughts on the ratchet and clank 2016 reboot loved it Really, absolutely loved it. And I'm super excited for Rift Apart as well, coming uh, at some point. Hopefully Did you year. see all of those CGI intersections glued together to make the film, which they uh, pooped out uh, on DVD? No, I don't think I did. No, well, you, this is I think I if, you've, if you've played the game, you're all good. Um, played the game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all I need, really. That's... Yeah, it's, the, the 2016 reboot was absolutely phenomenal. Really, 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 lots of fun. And a question for Harvey, just because why not at this point? Is laugh is crying with immortal tears emoji possibly the best emoji? <laughs> I feel like it's my emoji. Like I 
should have coined <laughs> that emoji. <laughs> Although it should look like a goth. It should be white mm-hmm. with black mm-hmm. running eyes. Mm-hmm. Maybe if, uh, I think you can select different colours of emoji now if you hold down on the button. Uh, yeah. You know, you being from the 16th century, one would imagine you're probably not completely au fait with modern technology, but <laughs> if you hold down I've really had hard. I've had to adapt. Eloquently, eloquently so. Um, okay. Well, that was the, I think there were the questions that I can pull from that. Um, would you like to, would you like to, we should all take a seat, have a sip from our red liquid. Me and Bobby are going with cranberry juice. I think you're going with the uh, O negative gentleman, which is a fantastic choice. Great year. Great vintage came from Tom's own supply of, uh, oh, that's very new, nice, lost very nice. New York street children. Uh, just to, to add another layer lamination of darkness to his law. Um, I don't drink wine. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we sit here now, bated breath, waiting for the for the Mortal Kombat. Yeah, so I watched Mortal Kombat recently. I, w- I have not watched it since I was a kid. And it had it has a strange effect on me because it's it's not really a, a great movie, but it's very good at what it does in a different way because I, after watching the movie, I just really wanted to play Mortal Kombat like constantly. Mm. So from a commercial uh, aspect, like consumerism aspect, mm. it's kind of a really well-made movie because I just wanted to like download Mortal Kombat immediately, and that's what I did. I went and downloaded Mortal Kombat 11 after straight away after watching that movie. And uh, yeah, oh. every, I mean, there, it's basically like the reason why people kind of like that movie on release, it's kind of just like Enter the Dragon, basically, or Bruce Lee. It's, it's basically that movie, but with Mortal Kombat characters. That's perfect, um, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's the sweet spot. But I think a lot of pe- the reason why a lot of people love that movie is the 90s techno music. Yeah, they put on that on that film, and it and it's basically the, the soundtrack went platinum in less than two weeks. <laughs> so, Nuts! Wow! Is and as soon as you watch the movie, the first thing it, it blasts into that techno theme immediately, and you just want to party. You want to do flying kicks around the living room <laughs> immediately. Do you think a load of guys called Kevin were blasting it out of their <laughs> Nova One Point Two with uh, with a basically a boot full of speakers and an amp yeah exactly accurate. yeah basically quite an accurate just very very quickly it's also worth pointing out that uh, the uh, theme song for enigmatic play youtube took heavy inspiration from mortal kombat theme is that not correct yeah no it is exactly right yeah there's an exactly easter egg right. and a half gentlemen i tell you what <laughs> this is the rich tapestry of enigmatic productions <laughs> that you sew and display in front of me it's wonderful in fact, when I was composing that theme, I had to change it. It was like it, it was just too like Mortal Kombat. I had to kind of keep changing the notes a little bit. Just I was just it, copying the entire riff by mistake. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Johnny Cage, that character was based on uh, Van Damme. Like the original mm. character was based on Van Damme, so they wanted Van Damme to play him, uh, but he turned it down to do Street Fighter. <laughs> wow. Well, Where he played Guile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that's crazy. I didn't know that. 
the quick, uh, plug, the, quick plug, by the way, in case yeah. you are wondering, we mm. actually did an episode of this on the trash tapes. We yeah. covered the entirety of that movie, and it was the very first torture movie we ever put on. It was the one where we were so mad at it afterwards that I was, oh man. So if you want to pay attention to our full thoughts on the Street yeah. Fighter movie, just listen to that episode. It's broken down immensely. Sorry I to interrupt uh, Lord Harvey, but... No, uh, I mean, I yeah, it scored 95... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that you all referred to each other by your uh, mm-hmm. vampiric royal that's respect. titles. That's, that's respect. Yes, uh, I'll tell you what. I heard that podcast when I was cleaning my house, okay? And I actually stopped cleaning and sat down and listened to the whole thing. And I'm listen, I clean tomorrow. I was so hooked. I felt like I was in there with you guys. I loved it. It was great. Oh, well, I'm glad it was entertaining because it was hard work to review. It was, it was very, like, uh, we were very mad. <laughs> I've recently um, put to bed the, um, the Lost Tapes episode of uh, Batman Forever. And I also felt like I was in the room with yeah, you guys and man. Sophie. It was fantastic. Awesome. Oh, yeah, the and Batman the, and Robin episode. That was- yeah, Batman and Robin, yes. And and the insight of her with the with the Kenner action figures and having, rather selfishly, that kid, her nephew, isn't getting the full experience because she's got one of Poison Ivy's vines. She just couldn't let it go, could she? She had to, well, he might lose that or choke on it, so I must bring this home and, and keep it in my drawer. Wonderful. Yeah. Continue. So... Lyndon Ashby, who ended up playing uh, Johnny Cage, was actually a really, really good uh, fit in the end. Uh, he was a really good actor, and he's, he's, uh, he steals a lot of the scenes. A lot of the uh, like comedy lines are with him, and that's as it should be with Johnny Cage. Yeah. But a lot of it, it reminded me of like um, Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. He's, he's walking around going, what is going on? <laughs> like that. He's, he's so out of, out of his depth. <laughs> And it's so, just absolutely <laughs> As an aside, while I've got you guys here, the celluloid masters here, uh, <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was a child, I used to watch Big Trouble in Little China, and it, I, it was lost on me. I just saw Jack Burton as this hero. But then I sort of came of age while during my era of watching it, and I realized that I thought to myself, Jack Burton doesn't actually do anything in this movie. He spends most of it <laughs> unconscious. And, <laughs> you know... <laughs> But he's so confident. Yeah, he's so confident. His ego is where he fires that machine gun and it all rains down on his head, and where he goes backwards in the wheelchair. I mean, I just when I realised the second level of storytelling in that film, Mm. I just Mm. was completely in love with it even more. Sorry, Mortal Kombat's not getting a very good run here, but uh, my apologies. Right, so my next little nugget is co-creator of the franchise Ed Boon, voice Scorpion in the film. Wow. Scorpion is my favorite character from Mortal Kombat. He's basically like an undead Harry Hausen-esque like ninja because he can like just take his face off, but he's like then he's like a reanimated skeleton that breathes fire. Uh, that's the most <laughs> badass thing ever. But how is he, how is this news to me? His Twitter profile picture is literally a picture of Scorpion. Yeah. Click. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, on the flip side of that, it's completely underwhelmed like, by the fact that he sa- always sounds like an angry dad who's trying to control his naughty kid. Because all he says is, get over here, or come here, or get down here. He's just, he's just trying to control his kids. That's what he sounds like. I've never thought of it like that before, but now he's just the angry dad. Oh, my God. Bobby's gone. I don't know. He's back. 
I mean, I personally don't think that Scorpion should speak. He should, he should be like a Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. He's like very creepy, so he shouldn't have any. any. But anyway. Should um, be a ticked off dad, no. He's definitely, so, yeah. We were talking about bizarre uh, casting choices earlier on. Well, why is R- Raiden, played by Christopher Lambert for a start? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. He's, he's basically... He's meant to be. He's based on a Japanese thunder god. And you've got this guy that looks like Vigo from Ghostbuster 2 on like a chill day. Yes. I've never thought of Christopher Lambert like that before, but that's exactly what he is. Maybe because he had something a little bit of something to do with lightning in the quickening, you know, so he's obviously an expert with this. But the thing is, they weren't learning because like Sean Connery was first choice. And that's another bad choice for Raiden. Uh, but in in the uh, in the facts, it said Sean Curry wasn't first was first choice. This, but he was he wasn't interested in a physical role. Apparently, he just wanted to play golf back then. Uh, and Danny Glover was another one consideration. <laughs> what is going on with the casting of Raiden in this film? No, wow. wow. <laughs> to be honest, I always thought they should have just got the guy who plays Raiden in Big Trouble in Little China. What came <laughs> first? Yeah, that's that's uh-huh. another thing. Like the Raiden is basically his appearance is just based on the storms from <laughs> Big Trouble. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is that is a fact. Um, Bridget Wilson playing Sonya Blade performed all her own stunts, refused to use a double, and her fights always look really good because there's no stunt woman cutting like to the reverse shots and stuff like that. She's doing all her own stuff, and she. I mean, oh, wow. I, I love her in that movie, so I can't take my eyes off her anyway. Mm-hmm. But like. In, in the fights, she's really good at all the stunts. Mm. Uh, this is another fact that 80s and 90s kids will love this. Frank Weller was uncredited as the voice uh, of the creature reptile and of the uh, Emperor Shokan. The voice Welker gave for Shokan is almost identical to Wesker's Dr. Claw voice from Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Wow. They pretty much did the same for Show Card, is it, Dr. Claw? I'll get you next time, Gadget. Uh, (laughs) Next time. Love it. I thought that was a soundboard. They had the soundboard on for a minute there. (laughs) (laughs) To pay the bills, I have to voice Saints' cartoons. uh, Makes sense. Right, so the original screenplay uh, for the film was actually more faithful to the game and it was like gra- it had graphic violence strong language it would have been like an r rated it was a basically an r rated script however the deal with uh, producers uh, with new line it, it basically they had to deliver a pg13 movie so that's why it became more like uh, you know it just like a, a family friendly uh, version of mortal combat it's like the actual creators wanted it to be violent so and that's kind of SNES i think that's version. i think that's what's coming with the the the, the upcoming more count movie that it's actually finally going to do it how it's supposed to be done that's but interesting then, because you'd they, think they, new line would be they were involved with the freddy movies weren't mm-hmm. they mm. so you'd think yeah, they'd be it, all for that yeah it was just that they in the, that particular deal that they had it's probably because it was like in a they always have like a four deal, like mm. movie deal, don't they? And in those, all those movies had to be PG 13 that they had with those mm. producers. It's the most marketable, I suppose, isn't it? Sadly. It is. Yeah. Because uh, the, the target audience was teenagers. So they wanted to just kind of all of the teenagers to see it. 
So the film sits as the fourth highest grossing video game adaptation released behind Tomb Raider, Prince of Persia, which I've not seen, and mm. the first Pokemon movie. Um, this is, I think that was probably written a while ago, though. Um, so, um, and that, that's it. That's all my facts. But I did want to mention there's an excellent, you know, when um, Johnny Cage is, uh, oh, where are we? Where are we? There's delayed, there's absolutely amazing delayed reactions to Goro killing Jax in this movie. Goro kills Jax, and then it, it, there's a massive pause, and then it cuts to Sonya, and then she screams, and then there's another like, really long pause, and it cuts to Johnny, and they both go like, no, but it's like, you've, you've just seen it. It's happened five minutes ago. Why are you screaming then? <laughs> and it's the, most, it's the funniest bit in the entire movie. I was laughing so hard. It was delayed reactions. Mm. <laughs> but that, that's all my, that's my, all my uh, little nuggets on. Wonderful. That's, uh, that's the film I need to... I think, I, I'm pretty confident I've seen it, but it, now it's, uh, it's on my list of things to re-watch. I think it's... Uh, it's still really good fun. Apart from all the... It? You want it to get to the fighting. It takes about 45 minutes to get to fighting, though. And all the slow, like, melodrama story beats are so boring. You just don't want to... You just want it to be fighting. And you want to do flying kicks in your pyjamas around the living room, you know? (laughs) (laughs) We uh, we let Bobby flying kick Mr. Graham C's comment clean into the podcast for us, my friend. He says, uh, Street Fighter, even though it was garbage, Super Mario Bros, Doom with The Rock. But my favorite was Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie because I had a huge crush on her who didn't when it came out. Uh, just also put another plug in. We also covered Doom um, on the on the trash <laughs> tapes as well. Um, that, 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 that was hard for different reasons than the Street Fighter movie. Um, I don't know if... Uh, I don't think I'll inflict Ginger's comment on anybody, so I shall take it on the mm-hmm. seeming like I'm, I, I'm seeing it, and I can kind of agree. It's the mm-hmm. only thing that you get excited over in that Street Fighter movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Ginger's game room got in touch. He says Street Fighter, a film so bad it was great. I get a semi over the Guile versus Bison fight. I, I assume he's talking about an American truck. Um, but, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Optimus truck. Prime. Yeah. yeah. At, or- or a semi-detached house, you know. I think, yeah, actually, you're right. You know, a man of uh, expertise and knowledge. You've called it right. He gets he gets a mortgage on a semi-detached mm-hmm. house over the Gar versus Bison fight. Absolutely, he does. Very strange way of uh, anointing one's love of a of a scene in a film yeah. to go out and buy property. He must have well, thousands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he's an in, he's a cad, mm-hmm. uh, and he's also my now adopted son. Seemingly, yeah. if you read the law. Uh, next up, a man that needs no introduction. You'd think he would be here because Bob Hoskins couldn't make it. Uh, although Zootamax Media's got thousands of millions of pounds, we still couldn't afford Bob. All right. But anyway, the Italian maestro, Bada Binks to Retro Gaming, says, uh, I'm with that Ginch's gaming room. Uh, it has to be, st- I call Steer Fighter in my comment, friend. I think I meant to put Street Fighter, but it is fine. Steer Fighter is an American film where you fight bulls. Uh, the ultimate battle, sorry, Mario Bros. One. Because I had it on VHS, sir, in Italian, and the numerous times I'd watch it with my bro. Uh, here's a name drop for my brother. It's Stefano Spinelli. Uh, two. 
I think I can say, yes, sir, I've seen every movie with John Claude Van Damme, sir, in as me and my friend, another name drop for my friend, sir, McCormick 88, sir. I have an ambition, obsession, sorry, sir, with John Claude, Stephen Seagal, and Eric Roberts. Three, sir. It's so good, it's bad, from the Barrock being a cameraman to Rio and Ken being a con artist, sir. <laughs> and is DJ a computer hacker? Question mark. I do not know, sir. Let me tell you one thing. Computer controller emoji, sir. Trophy emoji, sir. Everybody stand now, sir, for the Italian national anthem, sir. And yes, now sit down, sir. Thank you, sir. Please. Um, thank it's you, like he was in the room. It was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> there he is. He's seen Steer Fighter. I hope he means Street Fighter, because otherwise, like, he's a Texan who fights balls. I don't know yeah. what film he's seen. But that's the Italian version. That's the Italian version. And he had... Does it make it proper meta if he had the Mario Brothers on VHS in Italian? One would imagine that's... Can you imagine Bob Hoskins? Luigi, sir, that is what I want, <laughs> sir. You come with me now to that wherever the dino land is, sir. Yes, sir, please. Uh, very interesting. Um, he's, hello to Stefano. Hello to Marco. Uh, both statuesque sounding Italian oh. men. Um, hopefully they stood up and sat down for the anthem. Wonderful. Um, I don't know what I can pick out of that, men. Um, <laughs> that uh yeah it, 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 all, all we picked as we've covered all this on that on that episode mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just hilarious yeah. like the like i said there's a full history on it as to why balrog is a cameraman why uh <laughs> what why why e honda is a samoan mm-hmm. why is ryan <laughs> <laughs> it's true right it's why, so true. why is dj a computer hacker what, what, what the whole thing it's 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 brilliant how off character Mm-hmm. those characters are and it's for some people it's genius for some people who are fans of street fighter like ed and i um we are um we didn't we didn't <laughs> okay well tom probably saw some limelight being cast somewhere other than cell 447 block c of rikers island penitentiary so he felt compelled to put pen to paper he uses a very fine thick bespoke writing paper and he uses a very expensive fountain pen with that he's written his thoughts i sadly can't think of a good one other than street fighter the animated movie ah jesus (laughs) the overwatch animate from from hell's depths i stab at thee he says Uh, the overwatch animated shorts are fantastic and i'd love to see them made into a larger film Moving swiftly on. Batmall. He says, I've quite enjoyed it. Has anyone got any love here for before I rough, ride roughshod over Tom's love for Overwatch? Never seen them. No. Never, never never, played it. Um, I've not got anything really against it because I've not really played it myself. So I'm not going to take the mickey out of any sort of online mm-hmm. shooters. because I, I downloaded it and player. played it just so I could get on his <laughs> level. And I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, Batmall, <laughs> he says, I quite enjoyed. Well, maybe you should do his because I've got next, haven't I? I've got the next person. If any one of you guys wants to read a comment, please feel free because this is your show as much as it is ours. <clears throat> yeah, sure, I'll read one. Yeah. Go on then. So, do you want to do uh, Batmall? <clears throat> yeah, Batmall says, uh, I quite enjoyed the new Tomb Raider. It was kind of like the first game of the reboot series as a film, and I've thoroughly enjoyed that series. So I was happy. 
which is uh, what we pretty mm-hmm. much discussed yeah. through already. Yeah, yeah. pretty spot Bobaloba doesn't just do gaming comments. Bobaloba <laughs> does the finest gaming comments podcasts yeah. can buy. Not wanting to waste time or words, I've just written the word noise. Noise. With an O. Noise. Nice. Nice. Eloquent as ever. I obviously like films. I obviously like all of Enigmatic Productions' outputs. Therefore, noise <laughs> is all I can feel compelled to say. <laughs> Bobaloba doesn't just do comments. Bobaloba does the finest gaming comments podcasts can buy. Oh, there you go. Oh, There's. Oh, I expected more from him. What? What we got? Oh. <laughs> Of course, another new listener. I don't yeah. think we've ever heard from this man before. It's Digital yeah, Monkery. So <laughs> he is a new, new listener. listener. That Woo! just cost El Buccio somewhere in the region of £6 million. <laughs> digital Monkery. Uh, would you guys like to be Digital Monkery? Um, sure. Um, it, so digital Monkery goes, says, I, I'm that person that liked Super Mario Brothers. First of all, get out. Um, <laughs> I feel, I, I, feel, I feel scared saying that I, <laughs> I reasonably like kind of. Uh, I remember in my mid-teens looking forward to Final Fantasy The Spirits Within in a massive Ooh. way, with at least one newspaper saying that the high quality of the animation could spell the end of flesh actors. Clearly wrong. Um, I, re- I rented it from the video store on the day it came in, watched it, and had no recollection and, and have no recollection of any of it. Though I do remember spending a large amount of the e- evening vomiting. I assume unrelated. Um, <laughs> but I have never watched it again. More recently, I enjoyed uh, taking the kids to see Sonic the Hedgehog, going in with low expectation with low expectations, help, and as did their reaction to it. Uh, Love heart, love heart in the eyes emoji. Um, a return, a return for old style Jim Carrey was a big plus for me. Yes. Now, one thing I want to pick out of that tasty, it's like MasterChef, isn't it? They they deliver these meals and we pick at them and have little nibbles and we give our thoughts. But Final Fantasy, the spirits struggled with that, didn't I? Slipped over my teeth and then fell over my tongue. Final Fantasy, the spirits within. Have you guys seen that film? Yes. No, never. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the first first one, wasn't it? The first yeah. Final Fantasy yeah. movie. I yeah. remember these sort of weird ghost flying lizards that kind of came through mm. people and danced around. And I also remember, I recently popped it on. I remember going to the cinema to watch it and feeling like, my goodness gracious me, that looks like a real person. Now it's comparable to a 2010 PlayStation, Xbox 3, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 yeah. CGI. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty terrible. Um, I think the story probably overreached itself as always. Before we wheel in the last comment, I do believe we need to turn to the man bathed in an immortal light, almost Mm -hmm. a red glow. He's worn his scarf, so the image is complete. You've done some research on Yue Bol, sir. I have. Please. Well, the reason why I want to do a little bit of research very well, because if you're going to talk about video game movies, you have to talk about him. He is infamous in that circle. 
Um, he is a German filmmaker and now restaurateur. He's kind of semi-retired and he's now running restaurants now. Uh, in Canada, of all places. Um, good on him. Um, thing was, the thing is with him. They legalize that- cannabis. <laughs> That's probably the reason. Um, <laughs> he has been nicknamed. He has gained the reputation of being the schlock maestro because he has been. Uh, he's, been he's, he's been. He's been labelled with some of the worst films ever made. Uh, half of them being video games and. And and also he's the one that famously actually got into boxing matches with his critics, which is by far one of the funniest things ever. When people he actually there's a whole thing called the raging bowl, which is literally his fights of matches, where he literally every critic who like it's, he actually t- called them out and say come into the ring and tell it to my face, and he basically used that as an excuse to punch all the critics in the face and beat them to a pulp. Wow. Um, so if you ever want to look at that up, I mean, there, I think there's videos on the on the interwebs, and I bet you that uh, there's a few of them of him properly getting schlocked into it. Uh, like, um, <laughs> That's one of the reasons why Tom's serving. That's one, only one <laughs> of the crimes Tom was uh, successfully found guilty of, punching mm. critics in the face. Yeah. One of the funny things is, like, some of the critics who actually decided to do this, uh, there were some things, for example, like, they said, like, um, I basically, I think he's a jerk. This might have been a PR stunt, but I didn't really want to keep getting punched in the head. Well, it's your fault for actually accepting a crazy person's offer to going into into a boxing match. I tell you Um, what, Barry Norman would have put him in a headlock and, like, DDT'd him through a flaming table. He'd have stood for none of that. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, It would have been great. Now, the reason there's partly a reason why Uwe Boll was able to get away with doing a lot of these um, movies and how he's able to get a lot of big stars into these movies because he, he he started off with things like House of the Dead and he, he did House of the Dead. He did Alone in the Dark, which had got Christian Slater and, and Tara Reid in it, which is, and Stephen Dorff as well. So we've got quite a few, uh, few mishmash people in there. He also did Blood Rain, uh, which stars Michelle Rodriguez, um, stars Meatloaf, uh, Ben Kingsley, you name it. Um, that's, that's, my, yeah, Stratosferic. He's also he's also done in the name of the king, which is basically based on Dragon Siege. So he's and it's got Jason Statham in that one as well. Uh, that's Ron Perlman, Ray Liotta. Uh, he's also done Postal as well. So he made a movie based on Postal, which anyone ever played Postal, it is just it's just Edge Lord of the game. Um, but um, you know, but that got but somehow we was able to get J.K. Simmons in that, and then also he got he also did Far Cry as well. So, yes. which was also just a big flip. Is, is there any evidence to suggest how he got? Has he got like, like blackmail yes. pictures of them? No, because what he was able to do is the reason why he was able to get all these guys in. Because I think he's secretly a genius, not as a director, but as a manipulative producer. Because there was a loophole in Germany where you would get a massive tax write-off. If you made most of your movies in Germany, you were able to get half the money back from the German government if you filmed in Germany. And the reason why, and so the only way for him to actually properly make a lot of these things, and the reason why he went for video game movies, because they are instantly recognizable. So that's why you're able to get all these people in, because at the time, it's like, oh, it's video game movies, this is big, it's part of a big thing. So they kind of tricked them 
basically into doing that. Until around, I believe, 2010, I believe, when the German government actually stopped doing that because they realized that a lot of people were manipulating the system and the German government was saying, we're kind of getting kind of broke. Um, because of all these people trying to make wow. music in Germany and we, us paying them half their money back. So, yeah, and that's that's when it stopped, right, 2010. And so by that point, he had to, uh, Uwe Boll had to start doing things on his own, trying to finance his own way across it. Um, which Because uh, he got a lot of negative publicity because of his funding methods and uh, using a loophole in the system to get his movies made for the longest time. Uh, by that point after that, he started going back and doing, he did sequels to some of these movies as well, and then started doing a lot of terrible straight-to-DVD schlock. And now, like I said, he's semi-retired, living in Canada, running a restaurant. But um, it basically, it shows that he is partly the reason, the stain as to why video game movies have, have a really bad <laughs> reputation. It's because he was able to churn out so many in shut in such a short period of time that it kind of ruined it for the longest time until he stepped away from doing these movies and now is bringing the resurgence. I wouldn't say it's like a resurgence or a renaissance because you actually have to have been good in the first place. But now video game movies are now getting a bit more better attention. They're getting a little bit more, uh, they're actually getting better studio backing. People are starting to realize that actually this isn't a medium that isn't going to go away. This isn't for jugheads. This isn't for, this isn't for teenage boys living in, the, in their basements. It's for everybody. Um, but Uwe Boll always saw it as a quick buck. And yes. so- that's why all these terrible movies are floating in the ether. I wouldn't recommend watching any of them, although Alone in the Dark is kind of so bad it's funny. Mm -hmm. But the rest of them are really just, they're just bad movies in general. Like, if you didn't put the name of the video games in front of them, they would have just been terrible. In fact, what's funny is in The House of the Dead, they actually use footage from the first and second video game spliced into the act into the action scenes even though it has absolutely nothing to do with the movie's plot so there are moments where you sit there and suddenly you see like the green guy with the eye and he's shooting it using the whole thing and then suddenly you're cut into you see like scenes from the actual arcade game just appear in flashes throughout the whole movie to bulk up the runtime it is oh my goodness really special i will say wow but here's the sad thing uh he's announced that he's he, he has announced that there even though he's semi-retired into he's 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 claimed that he's coming back oh my oh God. dear he, in 2020 he claimed he's coming back and he's got a movie in mind he doesn't say what it is i'm terrified of it but uve bull might be back so be so critics you better start learning some mma yeah what, oh, what you <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna do. He's gonna do the Metal Gear movie. It is gonna be Owen Wilson as Ryder. <laughs> yeah. Would you say? Would you say we're gonna see, see Owen Wilson doing some oh, naked cartwheels inside the Arsenal gear? That's gonna happen. Oh. That's gonna happen. I can't. I mean, I never realised quite how uh, a mysterious and unique character Uwe Bowl is. Mm -hmm. Would you say? Fool me once, Uwe. Shame on. <laughs> shame yeah. on you. Fool me <laughs> ten times, Uwe. Shame on me. 
Yes. I feel like no one's going to really live up to a shtick because there was actually loads of things. Like, for example, there was a petition going around uh, <laughs> that that, want, that said, like, he, with a million signatures on petition online, asking him to permanently retire. <laughs> that was in 2008. Wow. Um, so I think everyone is kind of done with his shtick. I don't, unless he pulls out, I don't know, some kind of masterpiece. Um, there's no way he's going to redeem himself. So Law of I Averages think, says it's going to happen. <sighs> I don't oh, know. Man. Let's well, hope. Let's, uh, now this is a man who obviously likes, much like Yue Bowl, he likes the potential allure of free stuff, apparently. It's the Zach man. Everybody nope. get your Zutamax sponsored hands out because he's a, New, New listener. listener. I would imagine he's he's crept out of the Enigmatic Productions dungeon. He says, I like to make an intelligent comment, but to be honest, I'm just here for the allure of free potential stuff. Don't forget, you can win a prize for your comment of the week. And if you're in the Discord, you also get an unofficial controller mug. Recent mm. winner, Elliot, he's the champion. You get your name in pink as well on the, on the Discord channel. He doesn't really get any better than that. Mm. Smash the mug on the floor like a Greek at a wedding. That's fine. I get my name in pink. Uh, anyway, the Zach man says, real talk, though, the Mortal Kombat movie is one of the best bad movies I've ever seen. Now that, yeah, thumbs up from uh, the assembled Dark Lords. Um, that draws a line underneath the listeners' comments. Is there any more that you gentlemen would like to add on games as movies? Probably maybe just Double Dragon, because <laughs> it's the okay. same same thing. Like Technos didn't really give them any hindsight to what the backstory was supposed to be. Nobody played the games. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like Mario in 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 a sense where they had no idea what the direction to go. They got no martial artist, even though it's a beat 'em up game. Um, the script went from like. From this way to that way over here, Technos didn't even care what they did with it. They had no no problem. They didn't know who to cast, so they cast whoever they thought was popular at the time, and it was just a, an absolute mess. But I saw that in the theater, young, and even in my young age, was thinking, "What is this? This time, Double Dragon." And then when they put on the suits and they had the studs, I'm like, "What guy is going to wear like this outfit? It doesn't even look cool." <laughs> like if it was like leather or something, you know, like. This was just like like a fabric with like metal studs attached. It was horrible. The only thing in there that was, you know, for like, I guess kids my age was Alyssa Milano. And they kept yeah. showing like zooms of her butt. Other, other than nice that, other than nice. that, it's just uh, absolutely horrible. That, that, that's one of the first video game movies I really, I really like seen numerous times. Hoping one day I'll make sense of it. Mm. I don't think, well... Someone who no one will ever, ever make sense of. And I tell you what, blood banks have been on high alert all across the world because he's been smuggling in a greased up Wayne Ray through the ventilation trunkings of every blood bank across the world, trying to get enough of a collection together for the Dark Lords to feast on while they're here. It's Stingray. Very appreciative. He's here. Can you hear that? He screeches down fifth from Maine. Here he is. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battle for Endor this week. These are the new release highlights. 
for the week January 11th to January 17th, 2021. Listeners, these are out in digital or physical, or will be, possibly will be, by this time this podcast in your feed, but could be, or <laughs> you're not Stingray's like, they could be region dependent. Gentlemen, uh... he's arrived. I see him as a mullet-wearing, a Lambert-smoking man with a Nissan Bluebird. His boots popped. May I ask, what do you see? <laughs> I, I I see just the, I see the exactly the same thing, except it's just uh, for some reason he's glowing, and I think those are stink lines. I think those are genuine stink lines, more like anime stink lines. Other than that, is 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 what I expected. I think <laughs> maybe his magic doesn't work on ever living immortals. I must turn to. Uh, Lord Harvey, what do you see? Well, I see a man that's he's 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 wearing denim, but he's like made out of denim. His <laughs> like hair is denim, his skin is denim, and he's wearing denim shoes. But they're like it's like it's part of his legs. So it's like he's covered in denim and he's actually made out of denim. Everything is denim. Wow. He's become oh, denim. Cool. It's not you get the double denim thing, he's actually become denim is he smoking denim yeah and is he wearing the aftershave denim yeah oh dear unbelievable i wish i could see what you see Mm. we come to you last but the man that doesn't come last (laughs) unless he's trying really hard greg what do you see uncle jeff is that you (laughs) oh Oh no. Oh no. Oh, this is where you've been. <laughs> is this Uncle Jeff? He was around the time of your conception, but then made a miraculous disappearance. That's Stingray all over that is, Greg. I hope that maybe you can maybe with this new evidence we 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 can cast Stingray in a whole new light. Look, he's looking at me, he's tapping the back of the boot, he's angry. He's sucking so hard on that Lambert that it's gone inside out and fired a cherry of nicotine, red hot, on the back of his throat. Gentlemen, have you had a little look through what's in the boot? I have. Yeah. Have Have you picked your, what we like to call, mummy mummy? I have, yeah. I've got a few. Mm -hmm. Okay. And have you got, from his collection of cam copy DVDs and VHSs, have you got a, a VHS you would like to pick out the boot? Yep. Mm. What have you got? What, what, what are you looking? For? What are you looking at at the moment, Ed? Then I'll, I'll see my, what you've got. Might have something similar. My VHS is stop or my mum will shoot. The Stallone <laughs> comedy. <laughs> He's got everything. All right, he has got everything. Mm-hmm. So you've gone with that. Fantastic. I never, mm-hmm. I've never rented that before. So. Maybe next week I'll pull that one out. Uh, Johan, what, what have you what have you pulled out of the boot for your VHS friend? Well, I'm looking around, and all I'm kind of looking at are weird sort of. Um, I think they are all video game movies, but they're also but there are a lot of them which are just porn parodies by looks of thing. There is Metal Rod Solid that I'm definitely intrigued by, so I might have a gander at that yeah. and see how long that goes. True story. Stingray keeps those. That must have been a mistake because he normally keeps those. Once the kids have taken Ewoks, <laughs> okay, he then opens up the side door and pulls out something from underneath the 
the the the passenger seat. Uh, metal rod solid. Uh, I've not thrown myself around my side of the apartment over that one. Maybe two's up. Uh, Greg, what have you chosen, friend? Well, it's January, so you know it's the it's the cheapest buy time to buy Christmas stuff. So I'm going to pick up this 1992 copy of the best Christmas film ever, which is of course. The Muppets Christmas Carol, and I won't hear another word said about it. (laughs) (laughs) Because now is January, it's the cheapest time to buy Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas based things. Uh, I think I'll take that. Thank you very much. Some would argue it's the second best rendition of Christmas Carol. Some would, but they're definitely committed to to Um, (laughs) (laughs) that. Will happen to one of the jurors, basically. That will happen. Okay, I'm. I'm. I tell you, I'm a little bit starstruck. I really uh, don't know what to pull down off the shelf. So I'm going to buy myself a little bit of time. We're doing it all upside down. But to be honest, at this point, who cares? All right. You hang upside down in Tom's part. uh, Well, we'll call it the torture room, the red Mm -hmm. room. Um, Bobby, what's your choice? Well, I picked up a copy of Deathstalker, but but stuck, stuck to it is actually Flesh Gordon. So Ooh. we have a little bit of situation here. Oh dear. Okay. Flash Gordon, not Flash mm-hmm. Gordon. Yeah, Flash, Flash Gordon, yeah. Flash, yeah, Flash. You see, it's so the same thing, basically. Yeah, same he's, thing, he's, yeah. He's, he's hiding a couple of the cheeky ones. Mm-hmm. Of course yeah. he is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um I think <laughs> I'm just double checking the tape because I want to make sure I get the name absolutely correct. Um But you got to wipe it off. <laughs> you know, it's full of grime. Help. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take home Slipstream by Mark Hamill. Uh, it's a strange film ah. about gliders in cliffs in some sort of post-apocalyptic world. Uh, I feel that scratches my itch this week. I, I, the only person you can ever get a copy of this from. <laughs> Trust me. I actually... I wanted it so much from Village Video as a kid. We'd always go down there and I'd be like, Dad, can we get such a like, no, nah, it's all nonsense. No, you can't have that. You can't have that. And then I finally, when I was able to drive, I went in there and they had it in the rental to buy bin. And I, I, I was like, yes, finally. I can get Slipstream. Bought it, took it home. Immediately knew that my dad's wisdom was correct. It was, <laughs> it was terrible. I yes. think it's got Malcolm McDowell in as well, and it's just... He basically plays the same character he does in that Star Trek movie, uh, Generations or whatever it's called, but he plays that in this slipstream. Unbelievable. Probably should have put out Airwolf the movie. I'm really looking forward to your guys' uh, takes on that. I want to make sure that it wasn't some sort of fever dream that I had when I when I saw it. <laughs> the fact that it's, it's R-rated as well. Maybe the version I saw had loads of bits cut out, which is why it didn't make any sense, but... There you go. So with the VHS is done in an upside down roundabout type of way, it's time to pick out some titles. I'll go first. This isn't my mummy mummy, but it's Glyph on the Switch arriving January the 11th. Be aware. Glyph. This almost sounds like the pitch to your uh, IQ Cube movie. Be aware. <laughs> Glyph is easy to learn, but hard to master. 80 plus levels. Many hours of game time. Hundreds of rewards. Perfect your skill, earn cosmetics, explore expansive non-linear levels, avoid traps, and defeat enemies. I'm sold. There we go. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, who's next? Probably uh, for a Nordic game, should be you, Bobby. I was actually reading it, so yeah. Uh, Helheim Hassel. Helheim Hassel is a narrative adventure game with puzzle with Wait, puzzle stop. platforming. What happened? What what formats it on? What's the date? Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Helheim Hassel. PS4, <laughs> January 12th. Helheim Hassel is a narrative adventure game with puzzle platforming elements. Play as Bjorn, a pacifist Viking that can detach and combine limbs at will to solve challenging puzzles and get out of uncomfortable situations involving desperate Norse gods, goblins, dragons, and angry skeletons. That sounds awesome. It does. Mm, I wanted to read it in a Viking accent, but then I lost it because you distracted. Oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, feel free at this point. <laughs> lost uh, it. <laughs> Who's next? I, mm. I can go next. Go, go. <clears throat> okay, so Shot in the Dark on PC released January 12th. Shot in the Dark is a multiplayer arena first person shooter that takes place in a dystopian future where multiple factions have sent their agents to kill for sensitive government information. You take control of one of these agents and attempt to survive this low-light arena skirmish in the dark. Ooh! Oh, no. I like that. There's another game coming up here that seemingly wants to be a pitch for your IQ movie, Johan. Why don't you have this one? (laughs) In fact, I was looking into this one. It's quite interesting. So it's called The Pillar Puzzle Escapes for the PS4, Xbox One, and the the Switch. Um, That's coming coming on January the 13th. Cleverly mixing mystery with puzzle solving, The Pillar Puzzle Escape ventures deep into an unknown world filled with riddling contraptions and scenic Mm. vistas. Explore islands that uh, that each offer you unique environments and secrets to discover remain unaware of your surroundings as they change and evolve like a lucid dream with every challenge you overcome you grow closer to escaping the mythical maze and waking up from the elaborate cage that trapped you inside perfect that's the one Mm -hmm. that's the one um i've got no idea what my mummy mummy was at this point i've I've, I've, no idea i've oh i know okay Mm mm-hmm is it, it going to be, be a multiple? Is it, it going to be, be a multiple award be. winning? I, I got a feeling. I don't know. Hang on, mm-hmm. clear the stage. Lord Harvey has chosen this next one. He so, like... Scale Boy refractured on the PC, January thirteenth. Play as Skippy, the square, <laughs> flexible skeleton in this cute action RPG to keep a heartbroken court magician from destroying the world with his army of monsters and and undead. Change out your body parts with those of enemies and friends and become the hero of Kubold Kingdom. Ed, I'm really sorry, but did uh, all the Cyberpunk players just now just get a, a flashback to Skippy the handgun? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. That's, uh, that's a, some of these pictures. When I copy them down and, and, and write them down for this, I, unbelievable. Scale boy, it'll live in infamy, I feel. MXGP 2020 on the PS5, January 14th. The official video game of the motocross championship is back. Jump on your bike and let the adrenaline rise with a new gaming experience. Take control. Discover what's new in the official series. Thanks. I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, listen. I, I, love, I love your description, but just... This game doesn't sound like mm-hmm. it's me. Yeah, that was a, that was like an action figure commercial from yeah. the eighties. That's yes. what I loved about it. <laughs> That's the, a, uh, you, you sound like a narrator you, you find in monster trucks. You yeah. know, like monster truck derbies. Perfect. 
What I would say you about remind, you remind, you remind me of Penn Gillette in Toy Story 1 reading out the uh, Buzz Lightyear action uh, action figure uh, description. Yes. <laughs> one day, one day someone's <laughs> going to pick me up from obscurity and I shall be the voice of an action... I would be... My life would be complete if I became the voice descriptor of an action figure commercial. That would be... Oh, it'd be, That'd be awesome. Oh, Oh my god. That game, all I'll say about that is they keep improving the mud physics, but look two inches to the left of the mud and you see some uh, badly rendered crowds and pieces of grass that look like they've fallen off the PS2. Utter yeah. tripe. Uh, up next, I think, uh, is it... Uh, well, Johan, you've played this. I don't I, know how you managed to get it without Stingray's permission, so you must have some sort of... Maybe Lord of Darkness gives you some sort of extra privileges and perks. I kind, I kind of, I kind of just dream it sometimes, and if it's a dream, and the dream is very vivid enough, it sometimes pops in my lap, and that is, and that's why I was able to get Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game, the complete edition, Beautiful. which is available on the PC, PS4, Xbox One, uh, the Switch, and the Stadia. If wow. anyone's still running on the Stadia, <laughs> hang on, uh, that, no, wait, no. <laughs> world's most powerful console. The world's most powerful console. If you want to play. Scott Pilgrim versus the world in the best graphics ever. Zootamax Media <laughs> sponsored by Google Stadia. There's no other format you can play it on, really. Uh, the greatest <laughs> console known to man, Stadia. I apologize. I no, apologize. he's fine. He just pays the checks. That's all. Yeah. All right. So that's and now and now and that's available. In, that was available on January 14th. Um, oh wait. Someone forgot to actually put in the write-up yeah. for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So I'm going to ask you to ad lib it or read out what's there. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to add Libet because I've just read the description and I don't think this game is based in World War II. So, what, um, guys, I'll tell you what, an extra perk for you, James the Work Experience Boy, trussed up with an apple in his mouth, delivered mm-hmm. to your dark suite for you to gorge on since mm-hmm. he's made a mistake yeah. in the script. We'll he's got to go. Him. Yes. I'll work with a leg. It'll be fine. Okay. Um, so um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World game, it's actually technically the 10th anniversary of the game because it popped out at the time. Uh, this version has all the DLC that comes with it, uh, extra modes and stuff like that as well. Um, it was originally, because I think it was on it was online by Ubisoft for about a few years, and then they lost the license to it, so it's been gone for a while. But now it's back with all the with all the sort of the 2D love that everyone remembers it's very much like the classic sort of retro beat em ups so if you are into the comics you like the movie and you want to see a bit more of that get Scott Pilgrim versus the world fantastic it's certainly better than fight for glory 9 conflict an online mm-hmm. competitive real time strategy game that <laughs> uh, that was a car crash waiting to happen apologies for that uh, as i say james <laughs> delivered to you on a silver platter uh last one now it's potentially your last chance to read a bit of script on the show. Would anyone like that, or shall I just chuck myself at it? I'll take it once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> Don't say that. We're having you back. I'll come up with a reason yet. Vampire games, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is bloodlines. Well, there is, res- there is bloodlines and there is Resident Evil 8. Mm. So. Perfect. Okay, there we go. Okay. So, if so never on. an excuse. Never excuse, no. Uh, so Sunlight on PC coming January or coming January 14th. No, traverse a harmonious hand-painted forest in the first-person hike. Sun mm. emoji. Perfect. Please guide you with gentle whispers. The first elaborated fly. emoji in Stingray's boot, Greg. You have, uh, you have had a most uh, a massive honour, sir. Well, 
<laughs> I do feel honoured. <laughs> it was quite special. As, as you explore a philosophical story. There Wonderful. we go. That sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. Sounds like something for my Wind Down Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. Well, Indeed. look, you... Yes. Make sure you don't get your fingers trapped in the boot because as soon as the last thing's read, the boot's dropped, he's driven off. He doesn't have a sound effect for leaving because do you know what? Zootamax can't afford it because we've had way too many new listeners and that's the kind of show we are. It's Mickey mm. Mouse at best. Oh, <laughs> and what was everybody's pick? Um, My pick was Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, okay. me too. Uh, my mummy mummy would have to be Helheim Hassel because... Norse, yes, please. Mm-hmm. And puzzle solving, yes, please. Thank you. I'll take it and I'll eat it all up. Thank you. Um, for mine, I'm actually more intrigued by the pillar puzzle escape. I feel like that's mm-hmm. something that's more up my alley. I do like a good puzzle game. So if that's up, if so, I might give that a go and put it up and uh, see if um, see if it lives up to the hype. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my two penneth in for what it's worth. Probably two penneth exactly. To be fair, uh, <laughs> Skellboy refractured on the PC. Uh, I. I, I want everyone to check the trainer out. It looks fantastic. It's like an mm. 8 to 16 bit, but done in a 3D style. It it could be, could be amazing. But with that, Ooh. those that paid attention at the beginning of the show navigated their way through many a movie reference, in-depth celluloid knowledge from the three immortal ones. They know that the show can't end. Odders, he's out of popcorn. He's at most of his mum's opal fruits and he's had a couple of those strange poppets, but had a couple of coffee flavored ones. He's not happy. So he's had to wash it out with a couple more opal fruits and mum ain't happy because he's at all his sweets and hers and some more. So it's not really acceptable, but you can relax now, Otters, as I ask the assembled masses, what are you hoping to play? And I shall spin the bottle. We're not going to remove clothing. Not just yet. That happens off air. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, and it, it's landed on <laughs> Greg. Hello. Uh, more cyberpunk. I want to try and get it finished up because, um, well, when I think about The Witcher 3, it took me about three months to finish. And there's just so much that I want to play. And because, like I said, I'm still looking through the PS4. I'm still going through my backlog. And this game's taken up a lot of time. So I want to get, I want to just go full, full on with, uh, with cyberpunk, and just get it done, really. Yeah, I had to drop That's myself very deep into it and just ignore everything else. So yeah. uh, I implore you to do that. I've That's spun it again, um, and it's it's ended up on you, Johan. What 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 games are you looking forward to playing this this gaming week? Well, it's the thing. I've got quite a little bit of backlog on my PlayStation Network, and uh, the one I'm actually thinking of going back into because I've never technically played it um, is Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, I've never played it, and I am deadly curious about it. Um, I'm not sure whether it'll be great or not, but I definitely kind of want to dive in properly now that all the hype's gone, everything else is gone now, and see if it kind of still holds up. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm planning on playing maybe this coming week. Um, But also I'm I'm thinking to look, I'm looking through the backlog at the minute to see if I can find anything to play for Wind Down Wednesdays. I think Unravel is one I want to play for that one as well. So there's quite a few little tidbits. Well, see if you can find uh, ROM, Read Only Memories 2064. I think you would love that. Fantastic. I I think it would work well. Okay, well, that's that. I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five. I don't think... I think I've dabbled with Ground Zeroes and was like, oh, crikey, this is a bit, this is a bit interesting. This is a bit different. I know people rave about it. I like 4, and it's very, very linear. Um, Greg, so, you look like... 
Yeah, what else? What I'd say about about Metal Gear Solid Five, it's probably the one that you wouldn't think was made by Hideo Kojima or mm. because there's no two-hour-long cutscenes. The story is very, very limited. It feels like they uh, who, who who played who played Snake in this one again? I forgot the name. Oh, uh, Keith Sutherland. Keith Sutherland. Thank you. It feels like they paid him uh, by the word because he says about fourteen words in the entire game. Um, <laughs> It's quite, it's quite the bizarre game. I mean, it's good. Uh, it's the one. Of the, it's it's not the great. It is open world, but it's not exactly a great open world. It's basically like big corridors that like lead to dead ends, but it's in the open. It's just, right. it, it's not a great open world. It's 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 probably the worst one out of the five, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the main five, I'm glad. Uh, okay, so I'll stick with my four being my favourite to this point. Uh, I've spanned it again. It's landed on me. So I'm just going to quickly throw out that I'll probably be playing some tat on the PS3 and uh, might even have a go at Demon's Souls on the PS3 and then maybe play Demon's <laughs> Souls on the PS5 because I'm just a very, very strong... Greg's like that, El Butcher, best come through because you've got a, you've got a PS5 going rotten there, George. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I think it's it might me be at the- midnight <laughs> looking on Amazon and everywhere else. Maybe Mr. Bezos has put one aside for me. But no, nothing. And there's you over there just letting it gather dust. Unbelievable. Well, I've got PS3 to play, you know? <laughs> Fallen deeply in love with it. I'm spinning it again in embarrassment, hoping that we can move on from my very shameful video game antics. Uh, it stopped on... Well, I pulled the microphone cord out there for a minute in my embarrassment of not playing PS5. Uh, <laughs> it stopped on you, Bobby, seeing as you're laughing. Let's bring you forward. So, uh, Cyberpunk, continue that. And then my brother gets on, plays some Marvel Avengers... Just play those for the whole week, really. Okay. So that's nice. And spin it one last time, and miraculously, I've managed to stop this. This this means to explore what you're hoping to play. I've managed to miraculously stop every time on a different person every time. <laughs> Some would say it's not random, <laughs> Shh, but maybe it is. To that note, it's landed on you, Lord Harvey. What? Game are you hoping to play this coming gaming week? Well, I can, I'm going to see if I can actually finish the Batman Telltale. Because you get about 20 million trophies just for mm-hmm. finishing it. So you get a platinum just for finishing the game. It's, mm-hmm. it's that, so that would be nice. Um, so the second season of Batman, I might try and get that done. And because Mortal, I mentioned it earlier, Mortal Kombat 11, I want to try and get back into fighting games. I used to play them as a kid. And they used to be quite good. And every time I play fighting games nowadays, I'm absolutely rubbish. And I don't know, I, I just need to try and get back into it and remember, because I do like Mortal Kombat and I want to train myself to get, maybe I'll just pick one character and try and master one character, get good at it that way. Um, yeah, I'm going to try. Because I've also got the Street Fighter 30th anniversary collection as well, which is all the old, a massive collection of all the old Street Fighters from the first one right up to th- uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. So that's a really good collection. So I might have a look at that as well. I just want to get good on fighting games again. If you are looking for a sparring partner, I too have more Combat 11. So if you just want to go and say, right, if you just want a punching bag to try out your moves, I'll go or we'll go online. I'll stand there doing one of these things. Um, <laughs> just, just hovering over and just let you just wail. And it's all the licensed characters they've got now, though. The added ones, like you can be Rambo, which yeah. has actually got the voice of St- Sylvester Stallone, which is amazing, <laughs> likeness and voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I think that's just because he went one up on Arnie because Arnie just lended his kind yeah. of appearance like but didn't do the voice. Like, yeah. And they're always, they've always got a rivalry, <laughs> even now. So I think that's probably why Stallone Perfect, did the voice yeah. and the appearance. He probably also needed the money, to be fair. <laughs> I don't he's, know he's not that busy these days is he <laughs> mm, mm, well no he, he, the royalties from all the movies he's done like the, the Rocky movies and stuff and the Rambo movies he's just going to have so much money I reckon because he it, the, the later movies he kind of just owned everything like he directed it right, wrote it produced mm-hmm. it so yeah. I think he just earns loads of money off the later movies perhaps and okay mm, yeah, well, let me uh, once again take the time on air to thank you three immortal ones for, for your time, um, the thank time you. this week devoted to setting some time aside to to put some facts and figures down on on the movies that we that you've chosen. Uh, and I know that I've loved every single second of it, and I know that the listeners <laughs> will as well. So thank you thank again. You. Um, you. Let's just run through. So you're on Twitch every month, every Wednesday. Sunday and uh, then we alternate it between Mondays and Fridays, right? Perfect. Yeah, like like whenever we have the time, if we have a bit of time, we do it on a Monday or yeah. a Friday. Those are usually random; they're not like themed, so we just play whatever we're thinking. Yeah, okay. basically. Yep. Yeah. Sundays tend to be Sundays tend to be a, a series, and like I say, Wednesdays are the uh, chill out streams. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and the trash tapes. We've just got the Cy, um, Johnny Mnemonic episode gone live for you guys. Yes. Available on every podcast format you can imagine. Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple, Amazon Alexa will play it. You know, Siri <laughs> might play it, but it might tell you the weather in Los Angeles. But, you know, keep trying <laughs> till you get what you want. And then um, the next video on YouTube from you, Harvey, Saturday morning retro coming up soon, one would imagine. Uh, I can't, yeah, in terms of... In terms of the Saturday morning uh, retro rewind, I would like to do vehicle-based shows. So I could yes. do like yeah. Night Rider, the A Team, Dukes of Hazards, that kind of vehicle-based street hawk TV Wolf. shows. Perfect. Yeah, that would be a really <laughs> nice one to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. There's, there's, the, one um... been, there's one I've been pitching around as well, which I want to do because I'm a huge fan of Carmen San Diego, and I want to do a, maybe like a top ten over elaborate plots from Carmen San Diego for something like that because that would just be kind of special. That might be in the cards in future just so just a, just a nod on that one. Wow. And okay. from the uh, from the from the animatic play side of YouTube. Yeah. Uh we've got uh, two video le- uh, two let's plays of Johan and I did of Cyberpunk from one of our recent streams which is coming to the channel very soon. Beautiful. And that will be uh, sort of as a uh, as a prelude uh, to the main feature which is a discussion video that Johan and I filmed last week. Where we just take a, uh, a hammer and chisel and we just go all in on Cyberpunk <laughs> 2077. It's good things, it's bad things, and it's really, really ugly things. And it's uh, it was a lot of fun making, a lot of fun, fun filming it, and uh, we look forward to that being on the channel in the coming days slash weeks. Okay. Mm. Well, I implore everyone to go check them out. They've also got a Discord. I'm sure the links are available on a link tree on their uh, social medias. So please take the time to get to know these wonderful gentlemen a little bit better. You will be greatly rewarded for your time and efforts with some fabulous, I have to say, fabulously produced content. That It's like an all-you-can-eat banquet of great stuff. So there's something there for everybody as well. So wonderful. 
Um, Thank you very much. That's the sound of an ambulance bringing another couple of litres of blood for the after party. Yeah. Uh, so that's perfect. Almost as if you timed it, the druids have also emerged through the mist that you've got deployed down there in the cellar to carry your carry thrones back down to your crypts. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. That's all we have time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. Remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you guys. Bye. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. George here from the Unofficial Controller Podcast. Just taking a moment to, first of all, thank you for listening. It means a hell of a lot to us. Secondly, every week we bring you free content, the latest news, the new releases, a feature of note, normally something to do with games or gaming past, be it one of our history of documentaries or an insight into the industry itself or how games have affected us as people. Well, yes, we incorporate you listeners into that. All we ask is that you drop a little comment on our post on social media and you can get featured on the show. Hey, do you know what? You may even win a prize. The only charge for this is zero pounds, zero pence, zero dollars. That's right. No money. But all we ask is that you like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you found this show. And if you're feeling a little bit cheeky, tell a friend, get them to do the same. We have a Discord that's free for you guys to all join in and get involved in. And the community on Instagram and Twitter is alive and thriving. So don't be a lonely gamer. Make yourself known. Thank you. And now it's time to begin this week's entertainment. Take care, guys.